Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. TheAuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, PodcastTheBS.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., Offering virtual sessions. If you can't get to the Georgia stops, the website, markwelltherapy.com. Again, markwelltherapy.com. Inspect All Services offers a wide variety of services to protect your home or business year-round. Covering all the Atlanta metro area with their industry-leading products and services since 1984. Inspect All Services provides a wide range of home services, from crawl space encapsulations to provide comfort and improve the quality of air in your home to attic crawl space insulation with an Energy Star rating to keep you cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter. So, if you're tired of that musty smell coming from under your home or just simply want to save some money on your bills, then give Inspect All a call today at 770-483-2420. Again, 770-483-2420. Make sure you mention the BS. Why? You're going to receive 10% off your home services needs. Inspect All Pest Services, 770-483-2420. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, here it is. Episode 119 of the BS. Thanks for being here. Uh, my name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors Studio. Thanks to Gorenstein and Watkins. Personal injury, wrongful death, contracts, transactions, landlord, tenant disputes, trial, litigation attorneys. There you dudes. GWTrial.com 470-491-0808 Gorenstein and Watkins Hello Watkins Hello Gorenstein Nader Tater Vader the Masturbator there Playa del Carmen Mexico Hola Hello guys Hello <laughs> Playa del Carmen Hola Buenos dias Hola Buenos dias The B-Man Thrasher Services They're in the Zelensky Studios Times Man of the Year Studios. It is Brandon Thrasher. Hello, Brandon Thrasher. 
Hey there, everybody. Where's your hat? Where's your, what's wrong? I know. What's wrong with your hair? Oh, it's, oh man, I've taken so many showers in the past few days, but it still smells like diesel. I've been like rolling around on the floor and I got diesel and oil and cat litter all in my hair. Do they have barbers or salons in Noonan, Georgia? (laughs) Yeah, they do. I mean, I got my hair cut like a, like a month ago. Oh. Where do you go to a place called Blind Cuts or something? I mean, <laughs> uh, Clippers. <laughs> Clippers. I knew it was something goofy like that. <laughs> Sharp edges. <laughs> Is that the name of the place or what you use? Both. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Really went all in on that creative meeting for the name of their business. Scissors. I got an idea, guys. We got a salon. We're going to call it Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> Chicks with sharp sticks. <laughs> and she gave me my first haircut and she'll probably give me my last and she listens too so I sh- i'm sure she appreciates it there you go uh all right uh there she is she's so sexy she's so talented she's so vivacious she is nikki d <laughs> hello nikki d good morning makes her giggle every single time <laughs> you haven't put in that she's so sexy till right now I'm like ooh, she's what you over there thinking about so sexy well i got sex on my mind <laughs> i'm sorry that was very unprofessional and i apologize I'm contacting HR. Uh, all right, call me, later. Jason. I need to report to <laughs> Jason. I, I I had a sexy time moment with my wife, and um, I'm not a I'm not a good sexy time talker. I'm not a good pillow talker. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in myself in the bedroom. I'm not. I've never been one of those guys that says, "Oh, I'm going to just destroy you. I'm going to tear that shit up." You know, I've never been that guy. <laughs> you should. No, I should not. Just it's, to boost yourself up. No. Well, it would be lies, and I would know it's lies. <laughs> I just, I, I've, I, you know, anyway, not the point. The point is, is Rachel accepts me for everything that I am. The good, the bad, the ugly, the flaws, and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's obviously been able to deal with my inadequacies and my failures in the bedroom and whatnot. And, you know, she seems decently satisfied. She hasn't cheated on me yet that I know of. Um, <clears throat> so the, the other, the other night, you know, she says, what time are you setting your alarm for? And as I was walking to the bathroom, why does she ask you that? Uh, I don't know. Probably try to make conversation or what time she was going to get up with me. If she was going to, I don't know. Whatever. Oh, okay. Um, so she says, uh, I said, uh, I always set my alarm for an odd time. So I said, okay. 6.42 a.m. And then as I walk into the bathroom, I kind of come back out and I peek my head out. And I was in my underwear. And I said, unless you want me to set it for 6.38 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she was thrilled about that. This is why I don't do stuff like that is because I said it with a serious, like, oh, serious, you know, like, you know, if you want me to set it for a little bit earlier so we can get frisky, that's cool. That girl laughed for, I kid you not, 12 and a half minutes straight. Like, I thought she was going to piss herself. (laughs) She just thought that that was the funniest thing. And I'm sitting here going, see, that's why I don't do this stuff. I mean, that's like really, if a guy offered that to you, like he's willing to get up earlier. Earlier, four whole minutes for a Roger. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm not. It's not just going to take four minutes. I mean, it could take five or six. But I'm just saying, you're <laughs> you're giving yourself a, a bigger head start. You're losing sleep so you can do this. I thought it was a it was an extremely nice offer. Next time, say, or should I set it for six a.m.? Then that'll get her. That's way yeah. too much pressure, and I don't lie to her. <laughs> 
She yeah. knows. She might laugh longer. She knows I'm lying if I say that. She, <laughs> actually, she'd respond with, "Why did we get up at six? <laughs> <laughs> Why so early? What are we doing?" <laughs> Uh, all right. Before uh, we talk about swear words, uh, I have to address something. You know, I like to address if there's a, an issue amongst us, the two percenters, the show or whatnot. Um, it's it's I, I like this podcast world because I can do what I've always done in, in the radio business and, and talk about this stuff without somebody breathing down my neck and saying, do you really think that that's good content to be talking? Yeah, actually, I do. Anyway, so I made a comment. Um, this is a little while back about band kids. And it was, I was joking. It was tongue in cheek. I was telling an experience from my evening and what I saw. And of course it was embellished because that's what I do. Yeah. They didn't like you picking at them xylophone kids. Well, one guy in particular who private messaged me and was very angry and then started taking shots at my daughter and cheerleading. And but I get it. I understand. He took it very personally because he thought I was talking about his kid. And I was not talking about That's something that it's very important for everybody to understand. Is when <clears throat> I tell a story, uh, or any personality tells a story, it's a generic story. It's, it's about no one. But unless they say someone, right? Uh, I was not talking about this guy's kid. But I get as a father that you want to be protective. Yeah, that's a little bit over. Like if somebody, if I were to hear somebody tell a story and be like, oh my God, I was looking at these cheerleaders and they all look like sluts. I'm not going to reach out to that guy and go, oh, you're calling my cheerleader a slut. Exactly. Like, does this kid uh, march in the band at Roswell? I I don't think so. Because I asked him, I asked him, I said, was I talking about your kid in particular? And he wrote back. Like kind of a goofy, I don't think he thought about his response, but it was, it was kind of like a Steve Carell in Knocked Up or Steve Carell in 40 Year Old Virgin kind of response with, you know, I asked, I said, was I talking about your kid in particular? And he wrote back with, were you not talking about my kid in particular? <laughs> uh, no, we don't know your kid. So before I could respond back, because I didn't want to argue with the guy, because I understood where he was coming from. I, I like, I don't, I don't, I get it, but I don't get it. You know, like I, I, that's that's part of my job, and it has been for the last three decades, is to, if you say something, even though you, me, I might not find it offensive. Uh, I never am going to blame somebody for how they feel and their emotions. Mm -hmm. It's my job. I think it's anyone's job behind a microphone to kind of take a step back, check your ego at the door and go, okay, this is where they're coming from. You know, I have no problem apologizing. I have no problem saying, dude, look, it was, you know, kind of soft defending what I would, you know, this and this. So anyway, Look, I, 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 it was a joke. It was tongue in cheek. It really was. You know, I'm not going to take the tough guy mentality and say, "Hey, go fuck yourself." This is, you know, my show. I do what I say. I do, but I, I get it. You're you're protecting your kid, and you took it personally. But I promise you, it was just to be meant as tongue in cheek and jokey joke. And I was not talking about your child. I'm sure your child is fantastic. I'm sure band kids are fantastic. I, I know band kids. They're great. Okay, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue is a band kid. I think, or something like that. Anyway. It's good. I'm sorry. That's all I want to say. That was awesome of you to say that. I just, but I'm a father. I get it. I understand. Yeah. The guy was, the guy was a little pissed. He was. But uh, what exactly was he mad about? 
Because I thought I was talking about his kid. Because I said the kid looked like uh, the the kid that I saw looked like a you know school shooter in the making. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can remember exactly what you said. But he did. Yeah. I mean, that was my observation. That was my story to tell about one kid in particular. Now, no one's ever going to know this kid. And truth be told, I might have embellished the kid, to be honest with you. It just might have been, you know. You always the, do, just like you embellish Kroger workers. Uh, no, the Kroger workers are mutants. Do you see what I'm saying? So <laughs> now somebody's going to cut you out in your head. But but see that's the thing is people think when I say mutants is a bad thing, like I, I so X Men are, are are bad like X Men are mutants. I mean that's what like teenage mutant, teenage mutant Ninja Turtles are mutants. They're mutants. They're cool. They're cool. Like you name me a mutant that's not cool, right? Oh gosh, the hills have eyes. Mutants. They're, they're not mutants. They're they're just odd they're, they're people. called mutants. Yeah, I don't think they're called mutants. I'm pretty sure people call them mutants. The people that bag your groceries at Kroger are mutants. They all live at the same place. <laughs> I mean, think about it. They have so much in common with the X-Men. They all live at the same house. <laughs> they do. You know that, right? That place. <laughs> they all drive in the same car, right? They have a handler, <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> Come on, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Fight me on this one. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, the X-Men? Yeah, just like the X-Men. The X-Men all live in the same house. Dr. Xavier is their handler. <laughs> they have like the X-Men mobile or something, unless they can fly. I don't think they all ride in the same car. <laughs> We're work- not carpooling to, to world events. <laughs> okay, work with me here, Dick. Right? Just, just, I was on a roll. Don't 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 jump. Okay. Don't jump. Don't don't. I, I'm just waiting until the Marvel people jump down your throat. I'm just trying to protect them. <laughs> you know, and the most important thing is you have to have a superpower. <laughs> What's their superpower? I don't know, but it, I I bet you they got one. They can bag groceries faster ba- than a Walmart worker. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's something they've got. Like, I think they're they're strong, <laughs> like unusually strong. Like, like, like when they get mad, they're like the hawk. They get strong. Yeah, when people call them mutants, they probably get. Super Hulk strong. Oh, they're all very, very pleasant. They're very, very nice. And again, I say that, and I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> I see why you get yourself in these situations. <laughs> Do you guys, you not see the, the similarities? <laughs> no, we oh. don't. Go get your groceries bagged at Kroger. Oh, my gosh. Oh, by the way, side note, Kroger, uh, they pull the wool over her eyes. They change their plastic bags. To what? A cheaper version. Oh, God, no. Yeah. A cheaper. <laughs> the bags. Believe it or not, they change. There, there was a cheaper plastic they're using. They're a different bag. They should notify us. They should have a sign up. How do you even know that? Because of the texture. I can feel it. Oh, you just came up with this on your own. Well, so I didn't make it up. It's fact. I mean, I can feel it. It's a different type of bag. So would Maybe you a plastic bag expert now? Well, I mean, if I say feel that, feel that, okay, and then feel that, that's two different feelings, right? I'm, one's I'm saying rubber, you have an old bag and a new bag that you can test yeah, them out? I, I, there's just, I mean, like if you know the feeling of something, we go grocery shopping almost on a daily basis for some reason. So if you know the feeling of something and your body is used to it and you go to feel it again and it's a different feeling, your body's going to tell you it's a different feeling. 
Oh, okay. So your body. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's cheaper. It just means it feels different. So you could say it's a different bag, but you don't know it's cheaper. Well, no. Then I break that part down to go. It feels cheaper. <laughs> He's a plastic right. bag expert. Yeah, but it's probably it's probably now made out of recycled material, so it's honestly probably more expensive because recycled shit's expensive. Well, the bags break a lot faster. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, they they do. Uh, that's why I'm saying it's it's a, it's a lot cheaper. So I don't know. Maybe it's the mutants and their touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh Could possibly God. be that. Uh, a study has found that swear words in all languages have one thing in common. Um, you guys they offend know? people. Well, yeah, no matter what language you're cussing in, the choice words you're using probably don't include these four letters. That's what they have in common. They rarely include sounds made by these four letters. Would you like to guess which four letters they are? Uh, they're, L. They're not. L is one. Oh, you just yeah. L. Yeah, L is one. Yeah, I was say, I'm guessing they're not ones with like hard, like a K or a T or something like that, where it's like a hard letter. So I would think like some kind of soft letter, maybe. All right. Well, um, give me an exact w, letter. W. W is uh, one. Yeah, sure. Ooh, okay. W. Why? Why is it, why is the third one? Yeah, very good. Oh. Z then. No, no. <clears throat> you. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Not you. W-Y-C. No, not you. <clears throat> it's not a vowel. M. No. P. No. It's like hangman. Um, yeah, yeah. You're about to be hung. <laughs> uh, G. Mm-mm. E. Mm-mm. Oh, he says not a vowel. Two more guesses. G. Uh, you just said G twice. I'm right I here. I said C. Oh. And then I said G. Well, neither one of them are right. Gosh. One more guess, and I got to tell you. Q. No. It's R. What? R. Damn, that was the next one in line. R. R. There's really only one. I don't know if it's a cuss word, but it's a slur that, you know, it's, it's not very nice to say. That starts with R? Yeah, it starts with R. Yeah, and I say it so much, and you had to like tell me like you can't say that, and I'm like shoot. But I grew up I saying can think it of, so much. I can think of cuss words that start with three and four of these. I don't know L, but R fucker, W whore, Y pussy. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look at that. He's. <laughs> That's what I learned. I didn't mean to bring this up to make you angry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I, I was trying to think of words that had those in it, and that's what I came up with. Well, I'm telling you, a new study found the most popular curse words in most languages tend to have one thing in common. No matter what language you're cussing in, the choice words you're using probably do not include L, R, Y, and W. Researchers had people list the most offensive words they knew in their native language. Remember, this is outside of just America, so this is all languages. Right. Uh, And very few of them had those letters. So if you look at George Carlin's famous seven words that you cannot say on TV, there's only one of those letters in them, uh, in any of them. Two have an R, but that's it. And that's... Uh, well, that'd be cocksucker. 
No, two have an R. Motherfucker. Yeah. And then cocksucker's another one, <clears throat> but I don't know what, what the, why that one's listed. Anyway, they also found that words we use in place of swear words do tend to have those letters. For example, frick. The hell says, well, I get frick. frick no. I say freak. Frickin'. Yeah, I'll say that. Or frickin'. Frickin', right, yeah. That's like, that's like when you're trying to kind of censor yourself like a no little bit. No frickin' way. Yeah, but it's friggin'. Is it friggin' no, or frickin'? It's frickin'. Frickin'. No, I think frickin it's frickin', way. but I think people do say friggin'. Friggin'. Also. Yeah, I, I can see friggin' spelled out for some reason. Darn. Both have an R. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Gee whiz. <laughs> has a W. Whiz. And holy cow. Has W and an L. I've learned to use my name as a cuss word and replace. How? Do it. Jason Bailey. Oh, you replaced that with <laughs> from what? Like, what are you replacing you that just with? Said your name. <laughs> he replaced it with, with cocksucker. He yeah. changed it to Jason Bailey. So I get. So I give you an example. Like when when I'm on the tennis court and I mess up, mm-hmm. you know, and you know you're messing up before the shot's even done. Okay. So, like, you know, you know the ball's going to go long, or you're going to go short or something. So, you know, a lot of times I'd be, fuck! You know, or I, I mean, I was a very emotional, very emotional player. <laughs> so now I've learned, because there's kids, you know, around, and I've learned to just, Jason, Bailey, what are you doing? Okay, and, that's good. I like that. Yeah, so. I see what you're saying now. Okay. Jason, what are, what's going on? Jason, Jason, what are you doing? Yeah, it's that's like good. saying cheese and rice instead of. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Exactly, yes. And back to the R word for you that you grew up saying, I understand what you're saying. I I do. Because there was, you know, my generation grew up on, that's gay. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) Yep. And it it wasn't like, you know, trying to be be demeaning demeaning. to the gay community Mm -hmm. by no stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't even say it to my gay friends. That's gay. And that was actually funnier because they would reply back with, damn right it was. Right. You know, (laughs) but it was never in the 90s taken as offensive. And it wasn't until, you know, we got really, really uptight that... You know, be politically correct. And I don't even think the gay community was the, like, that's the thing with all these, you know, tightened up PC police people is I don't even think it's coming from the people. It's not because they're, they are very rarely offended by much. And I'm saying that because one of my closest friends, you all know, Madison is gay and he cracks more gay jokes than anybody can crack. But is it one of those things where he can Crack the jokes, and if somebody that he doesn't know is cracking a joke nearby, he's then going to be offended. Nope. No. Mm-mm. No, and, and I say that because um, a lot of times people say things to him on social media, and I would sometimes be like, oh, my God, like, are you upset? And he's like, no, I just I got a comeback. So it's just, just like they taking shots at each other, but he's very rarely offended. What about the N-word? Like, let's say that Morgan Wallen country guy, right? Got captured on a private video, hidden video or something, you know, of him with his friends and he drops the N-word. He wasn't calling anybody it, you know, he wasn't looking at a African-American person and calling them that. He just was like, yo, what up? You know, kind of talking. That's how kids, white, black, Chinese, they all talk like that. And, and, and my <clears throat> view on that is 
I, I've always said I don't feel like if you say it, then you can be mad if somebody uses it in the same term in which you use it. So I, I didn't see what he said, but if he's talking to his friends and he's like, yeah, what up, whatever, like how we use it, I wouldn't be offended by that. If you called me that, I would have an issue. Right. It's so a, that's the difference for me. It's a case-by-case case basis. Right. Just like a cuss word, right? I mean, I can... You know, I love fuck. I love to say the word fuck, but I've learned as I've gotten older that you have to <clears throat> strategically place the word. If you overuse it, it cheapens the word. It cheapens you. Uh, you have to use it the right time, the right place. Exactly. But there's nothing wrong with using the word. I think it's important to have these words in our dialect because it intensifies <laughs> what we're trying to say. I mean, I don't use that word, and I still think I can intensify what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but you don't use that word on false pretenses. What's you the false pretense? Because you, in this upstairs, you have this, I'm so religious, and God doesn't want me to say fuck, but I can say shit, and I can say all these other different things. And I don't say most cuss words. I can sleep with guys and suck a golf ball through a garden hose, and I can do all these different <laughs> things. But, you know, wave at your fave, quote a hope, I'm not saying fuck. You know, it's, it's you know, and each to their own. I'm not beating you up on it. I'm just saying, you don't say it under false pretenses. It's That's not it. false pretenses. I just don't curse. I mean, you've never heard me just sit around and curse all the time. It has nothing to do with religion. I just prefer not to curse. Even when I was younger, like my daughter's age, like I found out she cusses like a crazy person. I don't get it. When I was her age, I didn't curse. You could you could call up one of my classmates right now and they tell you, I didn't curse. I always used um, opposite words. So, like, instead of the F word, when I was in high school, I'd say fart knocker or fudge tickle or <laughs> something crazy like that. I've always done that. <laughs> well, there, there is also a, a time and age in which maybe this was taught to you that women did not curse. I mean, my dad that, <laughs> told that, me that I better not yeah. curse. <laughs> well, just to, just as a, it, 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 you know, was a, a women should not curse. That's, that's been a thing. It doesn't for, sound cute. It, it does. It's not classy. It's not women like, well, that email got lost in my <laughs> wife's spam because uh, she just did not get that memo. She, I have to actually tell her not to cuss so much. I mean, I'm like, it just cheapens you. I mean, I just feel like there's so many other words in the vocabulary that you can use. So I just have never been a big cusser. Okay, well, then I stand corrected. I thought that you didn't do it off of uh, no. this whole uh, Bible thumping thing. No, you're no. wrong. You, I am wrong. Isn't it weird? Isn't it weird that we, like, created our, I mean, we created our own language, and then we also created words that we're, like, afraid to say or don't think we're allowed to say? It just seems strange that, you know, it's like, we made this up. We're adults. We should be able to say whatever we want. <laughs> Yeah, I was reading like the history. Like, there's a show called The History of Curse Words or something. I think uh, uh, Nicholas Cage actually is the executive producer or something. Um, yeah, we talked about. I think we talked about it on the radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the, like the, the the all these words, they come from somewhere, you know. So it's like, what makes curse words bad? Dirty words. For a word to qualify as a swear word, it must have the potential to offend crossing a cultural line into taboo territory. As a general rule, swear words originate from taboo subjects. This is pretty logical. The topic is off limits. So the related words aren't meant to be spoken either. Certain topic, topics are almost universally taboo. Death, disease, excrement, you know, the gross stuff. Sex is another classic taboo. As the English fuck, Italian fanuclo, fan, fa, fan, fanuclo, 
and Russian. Forget about. It. I don't even know what that says. It's in Russian. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like if you think about the cuss words we use, so fuck has to do with sex, <clears throat> which is taboo, right? Like you know, it's supposed to be taboo. Shit has to deal with excrement, which you know, bathroom stuff. It's private. It's taboo. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, those are the two big ones, right? Cocksucker. What are you doing? Sucking cock. That's sexy stuff. There's one curse word that has to do with slavery. A lot of people don't even know that. What's that one? Mfer. Motherfucker. How's mm-hmm. that? How's that to do with slavery? <clears throat> that word originated because back during slavery times, they would take bags and put it over their heads, and they would make sons sleep with their mothers. So they called them mother efforts. Really? People don't even know that. <laughs> I, you know what? I will probably never. I don't use that word often now, but I probably will never ever use that word after knowing. That. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. True story. True story. Look it up. Well, I'm not doubting you. I'm just asking you. <laughs> That's a true story. I believe you. I trust me. Even, even if you were lying to me, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> that you're lying to me. I did not know that. But yeah, but that's another one that deals with sex. But mm-hmm. now it's even worse mm-hmm. because of where it originated from. Yep. You know? Um, I forget. Fuck came from like the 1800s. I think it was. Yeah, doesn't that mean like, doesn't it mean like elephant penis or something like that? I don't remember. I mean, like, it came from, I, I believe it, it dates all the way back to the 1800s. Uh, context, subject matter is the only criteria for curse words. Context <laughs> plays a big role. I think context is more important than just the dirty word aspect of it. Because you can get into an argument and not even say a normal cuss word, but say something in a certain way to somebody that you can offend them. Oh, I can see... People like you like to drive like that. You know, (laughs) fuck you, man. You know, like I didn't even say a cuss word at the guy, but it's the way that I said it, right? Versus if I was like, uh, hey, man, no, 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 here, you can go in front of me in line. By the way, it's crazy. People like you driving like that. You know, there's just a difference. You know, like he might turn around and say, what does that mean? But he's not going to punch you. But if I say, hey, people like you driving like that, now I get it then he's probably going to want to turn around and punch me. So to me, it's all about the context. That's why I say everything is a case-by-case basis, you know, especially with the N-word stuff. That drives me insane, right? When people's careers outside of the African-American world get ruined because of them dropping the, you know, not that I, I use that word or nor should use that word, but I'm also 47 and I'm not 20, 21. And these kids are young and dumb. And there's, what are they surrounded by? We are a product of our environment. Mm-hmm. White kids, black kids, I don't care what color kid you are, you're listening to rap music. You might be in the country world. Hip-hop and rap uh, are the new rock to what my generation was or top 40 to maybe what Nate's generation is. You know, so it's, that's all they listen to. Yep. You know, I, I'll, I'll listen, you know, my daughter will be listening to music and her friends will be listening to music and... If she accidentally puts on the explicit lyrics, she turns it off because she knows that I'm not going to want her to hear that. Right. But I know they're listening to it because that's what's being released to them. That's what's popular. You know, and even if you go to like, let's say these high school um, uh, sporting events, you know, it's basketball season now, right? They're playing the edited version of the song. 
there's another version. Everybody knows there's another version that's not edited. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were that's you know every generation has had that. You know, if there's another version of the song, so they they're like, oh, this is the edited version. I understand they got to do it because of this. <laughs> so, like, you're a product of your environment. So how, why do we think it's crazy for a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old like this Morgan Wallen guy? I mean, I know it's kind of way past and, and he's already, you know, paid his dues and now he's a thing. But, I mean, this guy got roasted because he said it to his buddy. He didn't say it to a black guy. He wasn't being demeaning. He wasn't being racist. That's how he talks. But the people that beat him up are the people my age that feel like we have to police everybody and tell them how to be. Exactly. Which is not how it should be, right? Like, mind your own fucking business. Um, right, but on the other hand, is it really, I mean, we're all very aware that that can be an offensive word to people, so is it really that hard not to say it? I mean, Nikki has no problem not saying the F word, so why is it that hard for an adult to not say a word? You would be surprised how wrong you are, and I thought the exact same way. There's There are... You, you really have to take a step out of common sense and the, the life that you've lived and the knowledge that you've gained. And even making comparisons to how you were, right? I mean, you guys beat me up all the time. I'll say, you know, when I was 17, I wasn't doing that. When I was 15, like, oh, bullshit, bullshit. Everybody's different. I can tell you just by what I've observed, I'm around these kids quite often, right? I see them at the basketball games. I hear them talking and stuff like that. Either they don't know or they don't care. Like, it just doesn't affect them. Like, what the outside world of what to say and how to act and what to do, they just don't know. And I'm not saying all of them, but... They know. They're, they're not idiots. They're aware that it's not a word that's that you... They don't use it in public, do they? They don't walk around saying it in, in Walmart to, you know, the cashier. Uh, I, I, maybe, I don't know. I, I will tell you... The couple of weeks ago, I was uh, at a poker game, and I'm sitting at the table, and there, I was sitting next to this black guy, really nice guy. I played with him before, very good poker player. There was another black guy at the table. I played with him before, very nice guy. There was somebody new that I wasn't familiar with, and I don't think anybody else was. Young kid, not black. Uh, I think he was probably more Hispanic. Uh, very nice, but very loud and very high. And, and, but he was kind of the life of the party. I mean, he was funny. He was goofy. He was, you know, when he lost, he lost gracefully and he had class and he was probably 22, 23 years old. And he talked like a thug, right? So he had that thugonomics in him and he's talking to, he gets in a hand with the black guy next to me and the black guy wins the hand and the black guy had been running really cold. Um, so it was nice to see him win the hand. And the Hispanic guy starts dropping the N-word. Not like, you blank, you, like, angry. He's like, man, my blank did this. My blank did that. Like that. And I'm going, oh, my God. Like, in my head, I'm thinking, (laughs) we're all going to (laughs) die. Like, that was my first thought because, of course, Nate, yes, I'm going, you don't, I don't, like, the two black guys can say it to each other, but this guy can't say it to him. Not a word was said. Like nobody was a fit. No, no, like none of the black guys, even in the uh, the other table, there was like two black guys. None of them said like, Hey dude, I don't appreciate that. Nobody said a thing. And I'm like the most uncomfortable. And <laughs> but you know, that is, is historically not been a thing when Hispanic people have said it. JLo put it in a whole song. Nobody came for her. 
Well, yeah, because they they both have been discriminated against, and they like I feel like Black and Hispanics have this kind of unspoken like sister company kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're the same. They're like, hey, you know, like, hey, yeah, these white guys have a bunch of names for me too. Let's uh, let's go talk about it. <laughs> and, and that's bullshit because everyone at some point in their lives has either been discriminated or will be discriminated. I don't care what color skin you are, you'll be discriminated against something. Whether it's your sex, your religion, your skin color, your political views, your views in general, whatever, you will be discriminated against. So everybody well, yeah, knows yeah, the but, feeling of discrimination. Right, but enslaving a, a race of people and and uh, building a wall and calling everybody rapists and murderers against another race is a little bit different than you maybe not getting the discount at you know Home Depot or something. <laughs> yeah, but nobody alive today... It was a slave. So, I mean, you're, you're going back way in history. And if you, you know, I th think most of the Hispanic community, you know, we can chalk off the four years of you're a rapist and you're a murderer stuff to, to one individual. That doesn't really represent the views of everyone. And I think, uh, I think let's be, let's be real though. The, the stereotype is people are afraid of Hispanics or even if it's not somebody that went through slavery. I mean, I remember Nikki telling me a story that a, a white guy called her the N word when she was like eight years old, like that, that's just something she grew up with. We've never grown up with that. Exactly. What being called names. Well, because I mean, of because race? of how you look like uh, the, the color of your skin. Uh, I mean, uh, have you been called a name because of your, your race? Yeah. When I was eight, I was cornered in the arcade of the Annapolis mall by four black kids that ripped me apart about being the white kid with $20 in his hand and how Whitey's going to get his ass kicked unless he gives us the money. So, I mean, does that qualify or did just because I wasn't enslaved or my people wasn't enslaved, I don't get a, did it get a pass for that? Did you one. just make that story up? No, it's a true, t absolutely true story. Absolutely true story. At $20, I went to the guy to get change, and I saw these four black kids in there, and they kept following me around, and they saw me get the money. This is where I learned, because afterwards, when I got out of it, and I'll tell you how I got out of it and then what happened afterwards, but um, the guy, you know, back in the day, the arcade guy, you would have a little thing on his belt, you okay. know, and he'd give you coins. I had $20. That's a lot of money for an eighth grade, or an eight-year-old. And you could, at that those days, you know, walk around by yourself. So I'm in the arcade, and he gives me the money, and he gives me all ones, obviously, because he wants me to spend all that money. Mm -hmm. So these kids follow me, and they corner me in the far part of the arcade, closest to the mall, like towards the entrance, but there's a corner in there. And they just made, they told me I got to give them my money. And, I mean, they were, they were I guess, I guess it would be a robbery, right? I don't know. Was that a robbery? A robbery? You guys are kids, though. I, well, one of the uh, a couple of those were teenagers. I mean, I was eight. A couple of them were, were, I mean, they were big kids. But I talked my way out of it. And I said, how about I give you each a dollar? <laughs> and I gave, <laughs> and I paid them each a dollar. And then I left and I ran. And I went and I found my grandmother. And I told her. And, uh, and she says, well, you've learned the, your lesson, right? And I said, well, what's the lesson? And she's like, Whenever you're getting change, you don't flaunt it. So, like, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I was taught that, too. You know, you don't. My, I wasn't, like, walking around making it rain or anything. But, you know, <laughs> like, you kind of put yourself in a situation where people don't see you changing your money. Or if you have cash in a wallet. I mean, now it's kind of a moot point because nobody has cash. But if you have cash yeah. in, your, in your wallet, 
you know, you don't pull it all out at the, I, I remember teaching my daughter that you don't pull it all out at the register because you don't know who's watching you. But that's when I learned that lesson. Well, that's absolutely true story. Sure it is. You know, but I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up a racist because of that. I chalked it up. I, I chalked it up as four black kids were trying to take the money off a white kid because they could. I didn't look at it as a gang or anything like that. I just chalked it up as a shitty situation to be in with some fucking bad dudes. And that, and you should have. Um, your situation is not the same as mine. I was a child and a grown man called me an N-word. And it was simply because I was a little girl and I was black. It had nothing to do with anything else. But it didn't make me a racist either. My point was I've grown up in a time and a culture where racism was prevalent. And that's just what it is. Oh, racism is... I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> and unfortunately, I hate to say this, but it probably always will. Yeah. Because people need something to hate. People need people need a bad guy. And if they can't find a bad guy, they'll find something that's different from them to be the bad guy. Just how it is. You know. And that's all we were saying. Yeah. Yeah. We're saying the same thing. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad we're saying the same thing. <laughs> you know what? I went back to that arcade the next week. And what'd you do? Played video games. Hey. I never saw those boys again, though. <laughs> I felt like I kind of stood my ground. Like, I kept, you know... Most of the money. Which is good. Yeah, but I, 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 I talk, at eight years old, I'm talking myself out of stuff. Because you've always had a good mouthpiece. I have a good mouthpiece. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> Another, uh, uh, I guess, subcategory uh, of what makes a curse word bad is blasphemy. So you throw in anything with God, anything with Christ, and it's offensive. Which... I never quite understood that because if you say it literally, you're actually putting over the big guy. So if I say this goddamn pen, right? <laughs> right? Right. I'm damning this pen because I believe in God. Yeah, fuck that pen. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's why I've never understood <clears throat> why people... When they use God or Jesus' name, they say it's in vain, but it's really not. If you stub your toe, Jesus Christ, you're asking for help. Like It's like a little prayer. Like, like I would be honored if I were Jesus Christ and uh, one of my human being molds reached out to me first. Like, I, that's the first person you're thinking of. Thank you. That's very sweet. Like, do you, you know how honored anybody would be if you said their name when they stubbed their toe? But are you actually thinking of Jesus when you stub your toe and you say that? No, you are not. It, you are only thinking of the pain you're in. If you're not, when you say it, you're, you are when you're saying it. Well, people no say choice. that when they're having sex, too. You're thinking about God when you're having sex? You're thanking God for allowing this pleasure. <laughs> no, you're yeah. not. Huh? You're just throwing the word around. That's what makes it blasphemy. You're not really thinking about God or giving him any type of praise or acknowledgement. So I, I disagree. That's I've never understood that one. That one. Uh, yeah. Well, and especially with the Jesus Christ one, because you're just saying his name. It's just like saying <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. I mean, I'm not I'm not damning her. Right. Exactly. <laughs> good. Very good. Kelly Clarkson. It's a really good article. I'll put this up. Uh, on our social, why do we swear? Uh, it's an emotional reaction, frustration, surprised, angry. 
insult, abuse, exclusion. Insult's probably number one, right? Probably number one, yes. Well, no, that's not necessarily true because uh, I actually, I, 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 I curse more in conversation. I curse more to put an emphasis on the conversation or on the topic or whatever it is. So I'm not cursing at people. I don't think I do that if I've ever done that on this podcast. Um, Now, if you get into an, an altercation and this is where times have changed too. Because you get in an altercation back in the day, you would call people names, right? You would call them uh, racial slurs, uh, sexual orientation slurs. Let's just call it, you know, that was the bigger one, right? That's, yeah, you, you know, that kind of thing. If you do that nowadays, and I remember making the joke about this before it became a thing. I said, there's going to be a day where you're going to get in an altercation, you're going to get a fight, you're going to open your mouth, you're going to say something, and this world will be so politically correct that if something happens to that person, not only will you be arrested for assault, but you'll be arrested for a hate crime. I was saying that 10 years before it was a thing, and it's a thing. you got to be very, very careful. So you have to check yourself. You get into an altercation because maybe the guy is gay and you don't know it. And you're fighting this dude and you start dropping the F-bomb, F-bomb, right? And you end up hurting this guy. It's a hate crime. Now, vice versa, that's not a hate crime because, you know, straight up white dude's not a protected class. Uh, so it, it's, it, you got to be careful. Got to be true. very, very careful. And then nowadays, too, some words that used to be used to insult you, they use it as terms of endearment. I hate when, when women call each other bitches. That drives me nuts. Oh, I think it's well. Back, back real quick. Wait, a white dude is a protected class. Uh, well, it's Ra- race is a protected class, but it would have to be somebody that killed you because you were white. So they would they would be accused of a hate crime, right? Yep. Sure. Positive. Huh. Yeah, because it's just it's the intention. Like if you just said the the f word, I don't think you would get arrested for a hate crime. But if there was some other evidence that you specifically attacked this person because they were gay or because they were a religion or a race, I think uh, then you're gonna have some problems. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about that, dude. I I I think that if you drop any word and it's has to do with that person and something were to happen to them, there would be uh, room for uh, hate crime. Like just, uh, just, just the way that we work nowadays. Absolutely. Wait, are you talking about saying this word to someone and then like punching them? Or are you talking about just yelling these words at them? No, they, they got to get hurt. You, you oh, hurt okay. them after you say it. Okay, yeah, I thought you were just saying you're just calling them a name and then like, oh nope, arrest this guy. He called me a name. Now I want to cry. Yeah, because they're they're they tack hate crime on onto charges now based on if it's race. Like that guy here who went to all those Asian shops and was shooting people. They tagged on a hate crime to all his other charges. That's what he's saying. That was a pretty easy one though. I mean, if you're just shooting up Asians. Actually, no, that's not true because not everybody was Asians. Uh, yeah, I thought he popped some white people. He, he did, but they still charge him with a hate crime. And Hispanics too, because what they got, they went back in his like the digital footprint and found oh, hate for Asians hate or something. For, yep. 
Yep. Oh. Which is weird because he loved Asians because didn't he go to those massage parlors all the time? He went to them all the time. But then that was another one of those things where they were saying they felt like he was gay. And so he was taking out his frustrations on a group of people that he claimed to hate. But he really was always around them. It's always the closet gay guy that can't come out. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that get angry and start shooting up the place. I still swear to this day. And I know the whole Pulse thing. Uh, we just never heard anything else about the shooter. But I swear that that dude was a closet gay. That's exactly what I was just about to say next. A pulse shooter. I feel like he was gay too. Absolutely. But he's, you know, Middle Eastern and Muslim and, you know, you can't see this is what happens when you, you know, you put the the handcuffs on people, what they can and can't do. They ended up uh, taking people's lives for no reason because of uh, their frustrations at home. Whiny little bitch, you know? So (laughs) I, I really, really, I mean, I think I said that when it happened, you know, we, we were all over that. That was probably some of the best, radio that that show had ever done um some people in that room didn't even know how to do that type of radio (laughs) (laughs) fucking lost (laughs) still don't yeah so anyway um that was the big thing l r y and w but even though nate has debunked that that's not quite correct (laughs) what did that did you just say that was that you that's how nate said it I'm I'm offended. The shock. <laughs> I can't believe pussy just came out of her mouth. That's how Nate said. That's it. a hate crime. <laughs> yeah, that's how Nate said. But I'd never heard you say that word before. <laughs> I don't say those words. <laughs> didn't you say something like that when you were talking about uh, how you pee? I didn't say the p word though. I said my uh, vagina. True. My vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But she she can't ever she can never say it again. She said it once and she felt like she said it through a character. So And you've never said fuck, right? No, I've said it. I just don't say it. I'll make a habit of it. Like if I if I've said that word to you, I'm really, really mad. And then I just fly off the handle. I bet you say it to your daughter all the time. I definitely don't say it to her. I bet you December second. <laughs> You're not having a fucking Christmas. <laughs> She's not having one, but I didn't say that. You're not having a fucking tree, a fucking Christmas. Go fuck yourself. I'm going to uh, Puerto Rico with my new man. I'm actually going to Chicago. Remember that? Chicago with my new man. He's uh, Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago, if you know what I mean. His buddies call him 11 inches. <laughs> That's actually a little bit too much. That hurts. FYI. <laughs> you said it, so I just want to be sure everyone knows. It hurts what? Your, your pussy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can do a show with her. <laughs> she's, she's, she's dirty. dirty. She's dirty. Like she's dirty. She's raunchy. <laughs> she's on fire today. Can you imagine if somebody was listening to this podcast to put it on terrestrial radio? They're like, there's no way. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get rid of the black girl. <laughs> With the pussy in her mouth. <laughs> Nikki P. <laughs> Nikki P. <laughs> All right, Nate, you ready? Yep. And now a Mexico moment with Nate. All right, good. 
Inspect All Pest Services provides high-quality termite pest and wildlife control, as well as insulation, pressure washing, gutter maintenance, and other home services in Metro Atlanta and the surrounding region. And just mention the BS and get 10% off now, and you can call 770-483-2420. That's 770-483-2420. All right. Yeah, so this um, Mexico moment is kind of an international moment. Um, and, uh, this past weekend, I think it was last week or a weekend before my, um, my dad was turning 70 and Mr. Mr. Nate, and he, uh, he's not super excited about his birthday. We are thinking, you know, 70th birthday, we'll make a big deal about it, have a big party. Um, but he didn't want any of that. Cause I don't know. I guess like, do, do you, does anybody else hate their birthdays? Not me. No, Nikki. <laughs> no, yeah. Not Nikki. I don't even need to ask. <laughs> I don't hate my birthday, but. But I think the older you get, you're not as excited about your birthday because you start to look at it as, oh, one more year closer to death, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think he's starting to feel. You know, he's ran marathons and stuff. And I think he's and and now he's getting a little bit older um, where he doesn't uh, run as much. So I think he's kind of feeling that, you know. That, that clock or whatever. I don't know. He just does not want anything to do with his birthday or make a big deal or be the center of attention. Um, Cause we, when he turned 40, we had this big party. So we thought we'd do the same thing, but he didn't want any of that. Um, and we were just in, in Iowa a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we hadn't made any plans, but then my, uh, my wife was like, you, you know, this is a big birthday. Like you, you probably should see if you can go up there and, you know, celebrate with him or something. And I was like, all right, I'll see what I can do. You know, it's a, uh, you know, it is a big day. So I was starting to look around at flights and, you know, cause it was last minute. It was like, they were like 700 bucks round trip. Cause it is not cheap to fly to Iowa. Cause it's not a, a giant destination. Um, so I'm like trying to find every combination. I'm just doing all my fucking travel research, pulling out all my tricks. And uh, I'm trying to figure out, like, I almost found a way to get there for fairly cheap, uh, flying to Chicago, but then I would have to take the Greyhound mm. or the Amtrak. And that was taking a long time. So, um, so I found two flights. I booked two round trip flights and I had to like coordinate these perfectly. So I booked a flight from on spirit from Cancun to Orlando um, and then I also booked a flight from, cause, uh, spirit doesn't fly to Des Moines. So then I also booked a flight from Orlando to Des Moines. So I booked two uh, on, um, Allegiant because mm. Allegiant doesn't fly to, to, um, Cancun. So I had to book these two round trip ones and, it, but Allegiant only flies on like Mondays and Fridays. So I had to like kind of work it around that. So what I did was I flew on spirit on a Thursday up to Orlando. I stayed the night at my friend's house that was out of town. So I just had this whole house to myself. It was great. And so I stayed the night there. And then uh, the next morning I woke up and then I flew on Allegiant to Des Moines on Friday. And I went up there, I did my beer chug and I was there to surprise my dad. So I chugged his favorite beer and then uh, I got a six pack to go and I went and, and neither, nobody knew this was going on. So my mom didn't know, my dad didn't know. So I'm, I'm there to surprise him and my brother picked me up. So he was all in on it. And uh, so I get do that. And then I get, my brother lets me use his car and I drive up to my parents' house to go knock on the door and surprise him or whatever. Like I'm trying to figure out what to do. And they're in Cancun. so uh so i messaged my brother i'm like what do i do because i know the garage code but both of my parents are home and i'm worried that 
uh, like I'm going to give my dad a heart attack if I just open the garage <laughs> and just fucking walk in or I'm going to get hit with a baseball bat or something. <laughs> so um, so I decided I'm like, I'm just going to ring the doorbell. And I had my brother text my mom to make sure she wasn't the first one at the door. And she was downstairs uh, watching TV or something. So I ring the doorbell and I have my hat, my hood up and my hat on and my um, and, uh, you know, like my. Uh, coat zipped up and everything. So I'm trying to like cover my face and he comes to the door and he goes, what are you doing here? What a a pleasant surprise. Why don't you come on in? (laughs) It was like, what are you doing? I was like, it's your birthday. He's like, Oh my God. So, um, so it was a good surprise. He didn't see it coming, uh, luckily. And, uh, and I got to spend his 70th birthday with him and we took him to this like arcade, like adult kind of Chuck E. Cheese type of thing where they have drinks and games and stuff like that. We went out to eat at his favorite restaurant. So it was a good day that the, the surprise worked out. And you had to, travel like that on the way back to no that was the other thing that so the way back was scary because the, the first one wasn't too bad you know i was worried about these two airlines delaying me in, in any point because i would have missed the other flight so but on the way there it was an overnight layover so it wasn't as big a deal but on the way back i landed in sanford oh that was the other thing Allegiant only flies out of sanford orlando and uh and spirit flies out of mco so in there to you guys that don't know it's about 40 ish minutes they're about 40 ish minutes apart so when i landed at 11 30 a.m i had to find a way to get to mco um, before like three, well, my flight was at three, so I had to be there at one technically. So, um, so I had to rush there. So I was really worried that if one got delayed, I would have missed the other one. I'd have been fucked. And I was staying in Orlando again. <laughs> what kind of planes were you flying? Like propeller planes? <laughs> oh, no, man. Spirit and Frontier. And I think Allegiant also have the newest planes of any American airline. Really? So why yeah, the seat uh, so uh, Well, they only need three, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so you can only so you can fit more people in. <laughs> and when I was sitting on the plane, I was thinking about it. You know, you know how like they ask you if you're sitting in the exit row, if you're capable to like open the door and help people get out of the plane and stuff. Yeah, isn't that like the weirdest thing ever? Like you you're playing you're paying money to be on this plane, and all of a sudden you're an employee now, and you got to fucking help people just in case of emergencies. Like, why don't you guys do it, or why don't you hire somebody to help? You know, sit by the door and help people out. It just seems odd. Have you have you ever seen a flight attendant actually not believe the person was capable of doing what they're asking? No, I you have. see that. I have. Yeah, I you know because you're like. You just say yes, and they're but no, they eyeball you. They prove. I mean, they they take that very seriously. You know, they you kind of just run, run through the motions, like, hey, you know, you're at an exit. Would you be able to do this? Are you going to be? A, you know, you're responsible for this and this and that. And then you know, most of the time, it's not an issue. You've got you know capable people. But I saw this. Um, she didn't speak English. She was Hispanic, and she didn't understand what she was saying or something like that. And she goes, okay, you, you can't, this is not going to work. So she moved yeah. her and she was sitting like with her family. Uh, and so she's like, you have to move. And like they redid all the seats and everything. Like, because, oh. because of this it was a thing. And she was pissed Weird. because they put her in the back. Dang. Like, they're like, is somebody else, can you come up here? That's capable of this. And the guy's like, <laughs> 
was like a, it, it was, it, it went on for about 10, 15 minutes of, cause the lady was arguing and she didn't understand what was going on. And somebody was explaining it to her and you could see that she was pissed and she turned around and bada, kata, kata, kata. And then like their hands. And it was, it was a thing. It was like, I was like, well, I felt maybe actually feel good. I was like, oh, they actually take that pretty seriously. That's good. No, like, that's good. You couldn't explain it a little better. Like plane, boom, door open. So that been pretty simple. <laughs> oh, th- this this flight attendant, from what I remember, she wasn't playing. Like she had a job and she was doing it, and you were either with her or against her. She was on a mission. She was very nice and very pleasant. But if you didn't hear her the first time, you know, GFY, you know, just keep up. <laughs> it was a Delta flight. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it just still is so weird to me. I mean, you're not you never get on the city bus, and if you're in the front row, they're like, "Hey, just to let you know, in case this this bus driver passes out, you're jumping on the wheel." Is that cool? <laughs> that cool with you? <laughs> or if somebody sits in your like, car, you're like, "You do understand that this has two airbags here, but in case of emergency, if you need to, please undo my seatbelt. Let's go through the test right now, okay? <laughs> never <laughs> <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, uh, good story. Happy birthday, Mister Mister Nate and. And uh, let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, the usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I'm so happy that so many of you enjoy Nubertees Men's Wellness League's uh, practitioner, Diane Spiva, when she comes on the podcast. I think it's great. You know, I've been going to Nubertees Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia, for well over a year with testosterone maintenance. But they do so much more than that with a weight loss program, sexual health, pain and joint management. Nubertees Men's Wellness League is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only. Guys, as you get older, your body starts to break down. There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. Just pop into Nubertees Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs or go online to menswellnessleague.com and schedule a phone call just to see where you're at. It could possibly save your life. That's a true story actually happened to a listener, right? So right now, the Wellness Combine, get it for 99 bucks. That's $200 off the regular pl- uh, price. Plus, mention the BS Podcast and get 10% off that price. But you got to mention the BS Podcast. Go to menswellnessleague.com. Hit that schedule button. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to The Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. The Bailey Show podcast guest portal brought to us by Country Financial. If you need anything insurance related, call Sean now. 678-519-9028. The camp agency at Country Financial. Your one-stop shop to all your insurable needs. I was wrong when we uh, talked about the Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock last. I'd only gotten through half of it. 
Now that I've finished it, I've got to recant my statement when I said this is the first documentary that has been neutral throughout the whole thing because it's far from that. They get you at the beginning and then halfway through, they get you to feel sorry. I don't know how they do this, but they get you to feel sorry for Casey Anthony. It's absolutely astonishing that the doctor, you haven't watched it. I actually did watch it. You got a girl, Nikki D. I did. I watched it. (laughs) So uh, when you watch it, you saw people from Orlando. Most of them I knew uh, because Nate and I lived it. I was on the air there. And I told you last episode that my go-to reporter locally, at the time she worked for uh, the Fox affiliate down there. Now she works for uh, Channel 9. Um, was was my go-to. And she would call in on a daily basis. She was there at the courthouse and she had a relationship, I guess, at least professionally with the, the Anthonys and and we would go back and forth and it was some great radio uh, when she was on. And that would be my friend Shannon Butler. How are you, Shannon? I'm good, how are you? You remember those days, right? Oh my God. You know, I was thinking today when we were doing this, I said, you know, I'd like to say, you know, it was a really long time ago, which is true, Mm. but we lived it so much for three years, every day for three years Mm -hmm. that I, 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 it, it does feel like it was yesterday. Do you remember the first day when your news director gave you the Casey Anthony assignment? So I remember... I don't remember a lot of that, but I remember there was two of us because remember it was just a missing little girl. I shouldn't say just a missing little girl, but we have had these cases before where, you know, kids go missing and it turns out they'd walk down the street or, you know, unfortunately you have a lot that, you know, maybe get into a retention pond or whatever. So I think in the beginning, we just thought, okay, this is another missing girl. Let's get out there. Let's see what we can do. And it wasn't very long before you figured out that this was something totally different. But even then, I don't think we could have guessed what this turned out to be. Do do you remember when you got the feeling of this was the new trial of the century? Like, what was the deciding factor where you and the news world said, this is... See, I've always been really bad at that kind of stuff. I've always been bad. As great of an intuition as I have, I've always been bad at foreshadowing what was going to be the next big thing. And in the Casey Anthony thing, I just kind of rolled with the punches. I never realized how big of a deal it was going to be. There's a lot of people that can foreshadow that stuff. I'm not one of them. But Shannon, do you remember when that, that was there a moment for you that said, this is the new trial of the century? I don't know that even in the beginning, you know, when you were just going through the story, we've, you know, done crazy stories before. Remember, this is Orlando. We had the astronaut who drove across country. We had that before Casey Anthony. Everyone remembered, you know, OJ Simpson. So when you just looked at this missing girl, I don't think that I realized the impact of this story and what it would turn out to be until there started to be a lot of, um, chaos kind of at the house um you know they turn the hose on us they put sprinklers on us and the stories weren't all matching if you remember early on even you know georgia's story and cynthony's or cindy's story and um casey's story you're just like none of this makes sense and i think at that point when we knew all the stories were getting a little bit screwy we knew that this was going to get a lot of media attention um and 
you know, a year in, you knew when this went to trial, it was going to be insane because everyone knew this case. I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, I couldn't go to other states. People would be like, wait, uh, you're from Orlando. What about Casey Anthony? When it started, I mean, the first thing that we all learned was that it took her, what, 31 days to report this. 31 days. So, so right out of- I think that- that originally, like if you're anybody, and Buckethead, neither of us were parents at the time. Right. I Miss mean, how long it's been. We didn't have kids. But we knew enough that you'd call 911 if your kid was missing. But now that I am a parent mm -hmm. and I think back at that, could you imagine one of your children being gone for 31 minutes, let alone 31 days, without calling in somebody to help you? It. it I think that. At that very moment, once you know that, that is what turned everyone immediately against Casey Anthony because millions of parents in this world said, 31 days and you didn't call police? Mm. You didn't tell your parents? You didn't ask anybody to help you find her? I think at that moment, the whole world turned against her. This wasn't like as we went along, people were like, what is Casey saying? They turned on her like that. George and Cindy both to you were pretty available, weren't they? You interviewed them a couple times. Oh, many, many times over the years. We didn't always get along. Um, you know, it was tough on them. And I gave them a little bit of grace. There was some odd uh, odd things along the way. Like if you remember, you know, George cleaned out that car. Uh -huh. um, he was a He was a cop. So I have always believed that that officer or former officer knew exactly what a body smelled like. Okay. You are a cop. I know what a body smells like and I'm not a cop because we've been on stories where that happens. You never forget the smell. And so there were some weird things that they did. And I tried to give them a little bit of grace because the media attention and, you know, you're one day, you know, going to work and the next day you're on every national uh, news outlet. So I gave him a little bit of grace on that, that some of the stuff was a little bit strange. Um, but she did feel bad for them. Mm. Um, they didn't do themselves any favors, but you did feel bad for them because who wakes up one day and this happens to you? Yeah. It's terrible. The, the, as the story progressed, you started to see, you just started to get, you know, Cindy's always kind of stayed in that neutral, you know, Switzerland type of area throughout this whole thing. I mean, as from a from a bystander, but George, as the story progressed, you're like, there's just something not right with George. There's something not there. And for those of us, you know, Shannon, you and I got into the business about the same time. We were, you know, young yeah. in the 90s and we partied and we went out and we had a good time and stuff. So we know what it's like to be out in that scene. Casey Anthony was a part of that scene. A lot of the pictures, both you and I, Shannon, have been in, Absolutely. The, in the exact same spot as she was in those pictures. So we know what the scene was like and what the people were like. Um, you know, my first thoughts, not my first thought, but my end result was for Casey Anthony was that she was just a young single parent that accidentally overdosed her child in order to go out. And I, I, a lot of that I base off my friend who was an ER nurse and she would tell me how many times, you know, young parents would come in and uh, they would lie, but they'd come to find out that they gave them too much NyQuil or too much of this and too much of that. So that's the result I came to. The, the trial says, the, the, in the trial they say that Kay, Kaylee drowned. In this documentary, 
Casey explains how she took a nap. Kaylee took a nap with her, wandered off, got in the pool. George finds her, brings her the lifeless body. She still thinks Kaylee's alive. George takes Kaylee and says everything's going to be okay. And then 31 days goes by and she just figures she's okay. That just doesn't make any sense. At all. It makes no sense. <laughs> right, Shannon? That's like zero <laughs> sense. Well, you know what made me, a lot of things made me mad about this documentary, which I'm sure that we'll get to. But I don't understand this whole thing, right? Even the lawyer said, you know, there's evidence that shows that, you know, Kaylee could have drowned. But Casey was absolute. That didn't happen. She didn't drown. Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 Okay, so you didn't do it. She didn't drown, even though that's what your lawyers claim happened, right, with with George. Um, And now I'm still sitting here and nobody can tell me what happened to this little girl. Mm -hmm. It it, it is mind boggling to me that we just watched this documentary. We all assume, right, when they when they tease this thing that finally we're going to get her side of the story. What happened to Kaylee? Which is like, uh, oh, I don't, I, I don't talk about it. And then even the lawyers, Jason, did you see the lawyers are like, well, I, I haven't asked her. <laughs> yeah. What? That's bullshit. You what know, they no asked one's her? asked her. They I mean, asked her. I, I, right now, if she walked in right now, I would be like, hey, can you tell me what happened to her? Yeah. It's Absolutely. crazy to me. There's no way that that, the, 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 the guy, the researcher, I forget his name, that, had Kay, Casey come and live with them and like, you know, became her, her daughter, his, 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 you know, daughter. Uh, there's no way that came up over dinner. There's no way, you know, as soon as they showed the picture uh, in his office of his family and, and his, I'm assuming his son or his daughter and his grandkids and stuff, there is no way that you're having this woman in your house unless you know what happened with those kids. Right. It's not happening. Right, right. Would you invite her in if you thought that she was capable or did, right? You'd be like, oh, I got grandkids in here. You know, I. Sure. I, I you know, did you find it interesting? I know this is your show and all, but um, did you find it interesting that Jose Baez didn't interview for this? Not a, not a word, not a peep or Geraldo Rivera. I thought that was interesting. I thought because uh, Geraldo and Jose are best friends. And, yeah, I don't know if they still are, but they certainly were chums. And, and Geraldo was kind of the on a national level, the the you know outside of him and Nancy Grace, Grace, uh, the go tos for this story. I yeah. mean, they they kind of made a name for themselves. I mean, they already were names, but you know what I mean. Made a name for themselves. Going back to the pool thing, the beginning of the documentary, Kay, Casey says how Kaylee drowned and how George right. brings Kaylee soaking wet. And this is that. At the end of the documentary, she says there's no way this could have happened because now this is odd, but it's an out of ground pool. Most a lot of pools in Florida are, are in ground, but this is an out of ground yeah. pool. She says yeah. the ladder wasn't even attached, which right. that it was all new information to me. So if the ladder's not attached, and I'm assuming there's no deck that goes up to it. You're right. There's no way that she could have drowned. So what is it? The beginning of the dock or the end of the dock? I'm confused. But didn't you hear, um, I just finished it last night because I wanted to see it all before we did this, but didn't you hear someone say that it was possible that maybe George just put her in there so it looked like she had drowned? Yeah. Well, she said that, I think, didn't she? She did. I couldn't remember if it was her or one of the attorneys. Uh, Oh, no, no. Yeah, you're you're right. Like that he had placed her in and then brought her out. And then, yeah. yeah, Okay. 
But the attorney, the woman with the glasses, she said that there was evidence that would it would be okay. I mean, that made sense that she drowned. There was evidence. But then Casey goes and says, no, well, the ladder wasn't there. There was no way she could have gotten in the pool. Right. It's just like, I don't, it, it's hard. I mean, and knowing what we know about Casey from the beginning, she was very um, honest, at least in this, that she was a liar. So it's hard when you start out like that in this documentary to then go, oh, okay, I get it. You don't lie anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think I think it's difficult. But I wonder what people who don't know this story as well as we do. And and maybe your folks there who didn't like live it like we did. Do you believe her at all? Oh, no. Nikki didn't know the story like we do. Nikki's what did furious. you think of her? Nikki's furious oh. even before it even starts. She's mad at me for making her watch it. <laughs> no, I don't believe her. I've never believed her. Uh, when I was watching the documentary, I was I, I put my my thoughts of her aside and I went in with the open mind. And so I can tell you the scene where her best friend was speaking about Kaylee and they asked her about her tattoo. And they said, why did you get it? And her friend kind of got choked up and, and emotional. She started crying. And she said, because she deserves it. I felt her. I felt her emotion. I felt her pain. And it even made me tear up listening to her friends say that. So here I am, open mind watching. They get to the part where now Casey's looking through pictures of her. And she has this huge meltdown and breakdown. And she's crying. And she's sobbing. And I felt nothing. And that let me know that my gut all these years have been right. She is full of crap. She does not have remorse. She put those tears on for this documentary because she was playing the angle of wanting people to feel sorry for her which i still don't i still think she's a liar and i still think she is not telling the truth about what she did to her child yeah did that come up you guys see that in the chat you see the picture or no i saw something hold on let's see is it is it the pic? Uh, nate just sent me a picture of you and nate uh and this was taken from i guess our old website we sent you breakfast one morning look at you look at you two guys god almighty that's see, great. I would really like to see this. I see, I see the screenshot, but I can't. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll send, I'll send it to you again. But God, like, do I look young and fresh? You look like you do now, young and fresh. Stop. You, you don't, Stop. you don't. There you go. You can, you can look at it. Uh, I'll, oh I'll my send, God, he's so I'll, young. I'll send it. to you. I know you, you guys were really good. Just it was a long day. You know, I started with monsters in the morning. Yeah. And then did all of you guys in the afternoon. Did my show all day long, all day. And then we did Fox News Channel at night. So I think I worked 7 a.m. to like 1030 almost every night mm -hmm. for the trial. Did, it's crazy. So in this documentary, I'm, I'm still wondering why she did it. I'm assuming she got paid a lot of money. But, I mean, it's been 10 plus, oh, yeah, yeah. 10 plus years. You know, why now? I mean, you've had generations that have come and gone. You're an afterthought. You're just a part of a, you know, a bad history book. Um, but you could now live in fairly normal life and, and, and not be bombarded, but not anymore. Now that it's come out, it's all rehashed. So the, the point, as you guys were just talking about, like you wanted to know, you wanted her to say, I did it or why she did it or how it happened. She does, but kind of inadvertently, she doesn't come out and say it, but the whole point of the documentary is to allude to the fact not allude, she accuses her father, George, of sexually abusing her as a child, her brother, Lee, sexually abusing her as a child, teenager, and feared that he would do the same thing with Kaylee. 
even though she move, stays at home with her daughter. Um, so we're to think, at least I am, that the day that Kaylee died, and she talks about this, she's hypothetically speaking, I guess, is that George was molesting Kaylee and she got loud and he suffocated her and then put her in the pool to cover it up. You got that, right, out of this? Yeah. Yeah. Did at any time the molestation stuff come up when you spoke to uh, George or Cindy? Uh, no. And I mean, or the detectives. That molestation thing did not come up until trial. And we were all stunned because, I mean, years we had been, you know, looking for Kaylee, um, interviewing Jose. I mean, this was a daily story for years that had never come up. Um, detectives even today will say there was no evidence of that. And listen, maybe they didn't look into that. And I don't know that, you know, anybody would admit that if it happened. So we didn't hear anything about that until trial. But the whole Kaylee thing that it could have happened to her, this Last night was the first I'd ever heard of that. Yeah. That never came up. That didn't come up in trial either. Do you believe it? Uh, I, um, you know, I hate to not believe anybody who who says that. Um, but if you looked at the pattern, I guess, what did Casey say? Uh, it started when she was eight or mm. something like that. I mean, Kaylee was young. Mm. She was just a toddler. So I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, George was was pretty emphatic that he never did that. Um, detectives didn't have any reason to to believe that. But, you know, I don't discount people's stories on that. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff over here that they want you to look at instead of the, the real issue. I mean, she speaks and then doesn't tell anybody what happened to this little girl. Mm. Um, you never asked your dad? Like, dad what what happened because she could have asked him and still helped cover it up if that's the story you're going with right he he said she was fine he said she was fine it just um I, I don't know I mean maybe it all happened um but that still doesn't help me understand what happened to this little girl or why so unless I mean this is a big conspiracy jump but the oh, old, no. I'm thinking you know Maybe the only reason that she's doing this documentary, she finally wants her life back. See, I think that her and George know. Like, they're they they, they they're the only two that know the full story. Um, I think Cindy has an inkling, has kind of an idea, but George, you know, because he is that cop. He's he's able to keep that stuff from her. He, he's, he's trained to do that stuff. But I definitely think George and Kaylee know the truth. I mean, Casey know the truth. Yeah. Um, and I think she's like, what I, sh I shouldn't say I think, but just say, what if she does this documentary, she accuses George, maybe George's health is poor right now or something, he's about to die. He figures if he takes the blame before he dies, she can then have a normal life moving forward. If he finally comes well, I don't out. I think she consulted him in this at all. What's that? I don't think she consulted him on this at all. I mean, they don't have a relationship is my understanding. And I think the documentary uh, makes that pretty uh, clear. That family is, is broken. What about the, you know, and they sensationalize this a lot, but it is weird. Uh, even my wife was sitting there going, she goes, look, at the beginning of this, phew, don't even get me started. 
uh, especially as a young mother. I mean, she had Caleb when she was 15. She goes, don't even get me started. But when they play the clip of George at the funeral talking about how he'll miss the sweet smell of her sweat, that is a very unusual, I mean, the way he speaks. Now, our brains were programmed prior by Casey Anthony in this documentary to think that way. So you take that into consideration. But even so, that's fucking freaky, dude. You know what? How do you memorialize a little girl by saying those types of things? Or are we just thinking dirty? But remember, we saw that when it happened, and it didn't raise that much of a red flag to me then. I mean, we were there. I mean, we listened to listen to that. And although that is a really weird statement, you know, I didn't think anything of it back then, which is, by the way, what the documentary pointed out, that we all kind of missed the, that. Um, but now that we heard the story and then it happens, I'm like, whoa. I mean, I had the same thought that you did, like, whoa. Yeah. But we didn't think that back then. It didn't raise any red flag. And I just find it hard to believe. I mean, I know those detectives well. Um, John Allen, you saw, interview them. I know, I've known him many, many years. I know him well. I knew him during this. I've known him after. We have worked on many cases together. And I just find it hard to believe that if John and Yuri and Eric Edwards, for that matter, you saw both of those two guys in there, all three of them, actually, if they thought that George did it, why they wouldn't be looking at George. And if there was all of these allegations of uh, molestation and stuff like that, why they wouldn't do more. I mean, I've talked to them over the years and said, I don't understand. Why don't you just look at everybody? Because it could be, maybe it's not her. And John is... there is no doubt in his mind that detective no doubt so he's like there is no reason and Yuri too there was no reason for them to look at anybody else they fully believe what they believe that she did it that's what the detectives believe and that's why they didn't do uh didn't do more you never got any one-on-one time with Casey did you oh no yeah or or Jose Baez um, one-on-one time. Did we ever just sit down with him? I think we did, um, over the years, at least in the beginning. Um, but the relationship with Jose turned a little bit, um, with me because I was the first one to report that he wasn't death penalty qualified, that they were going to seek the death penalty on Casey Anthony, but he was not qualified to do that. And that's why they brought in that other attorney, uh, Cheney Mason. And so we, um, we, he didn't like that very much, if I remember correctly. So it, then it started to get, it was just so chaotic that you didn't, he didn't have time to sit down with, you know, any of us. I mean, he spent a lot of time with Geraldo. I mean, you can see the pictures of them on a boat and things like that, but it was mostly just a, you know, just everybody descending on his office. But early on, we may have gotten one-on-one time with him because remember, he was not known. Mm-hmm. He was just a a random attorney. He was not one of those big names in Orlando. And when she got him, we're like, oh, honey, I think you need some, you know, Mm -hmm. some heavy hitter Mm -hmm. in this town. And she didn't get it. But I'll tell you what, Mm -hmm. it worked for. Yeah. The mistake that I made, uh, because we had Geraldo on a few different times, and I've always enjoyed Geraldo. I've had him in studio and interviewed him a bunch. And uh, he's a character. He is. I'm just absolutely. I'm a fan. And, uh, I, Nate, you were on the show at the time, right? You remember when I started beating up on Jose Baez and making fun of him and his suit and all that kind of stuff. And 
just kind of like dead air. And Geraldo goes, you do know he and I are like best friends. We grew up together, right? I'm like, oh no, <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> My bad. Information that would have been very helpful earlier. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> uh, did you learn anything else from the documentary, Shannon, that you didn't? Or do you, like when you watched it, you go, damn, how did I miss that? Well, the funeral thing, I can't yeah. believe that I missed that when that, that happened. And I think I would have remembered being shocked by that. But um, no, I mean, most of that stuff um, we already knew. But I have been curious about the afterlife of, of Casey Anthony. We knew she, that she lived with the private investigator. We did know that. Um, you know what I didn't know? I didn't know when, when she got out of jail. We, there had been rumors that she was over like on the coast here, um, that she was staying there. There had been rumors where she was staying. I had no idea that she had moved to the panhandle. Um, so I was like, oh, that's where she was because we would show up at places hoping to, you know, see them and do stakeouts and we never, we never saw them. So I was surprised at that, that she lived there and I was glad that I know now. Um, but most of the stuff we really new um the you know the boyfriend stuff we knew the fiance we knew i mean that her fiance you know i see him regularly um just around town and stuff the one she said that was kaylee's dad mm. um even the anthony's we see um at restaurants and stuff like that so it's not unusual but i didn't the afterlife of people um, is really what I didn't know. I mean, I didn't really know what she was doing now. I assumed she was working for him because who was going to hire her? I mean, she was the most infamous person in the world, I think, at the time. Um, she, but her story, I mean, I didn't know the thing about Kaylee, if, if you believe her story um, and George. Um, I, most of that stuff... Um, most of that stuff we knew, we knew about, you know, the affairs, we knew about the problems in the family. Um, so I don't think she told us anything that we didn't already know, except for her account of it. If she's smart, she'll start an OnlyFans account. Times have changed. She doesn't, I mean, she, there are people that are, you know, there's weird people out there, right? That she's, she'd make time. She's not an ugly woman. Uh, it's beautiful. And she's, she aged, has been. and she's aged well. Uh, I think yeah. she looks better now than she did when, you know, the trial was going on, when she was 19, 20, 21 years old in the club scene, to be honest with you. And that's kind of, you know, when I interview people, that's the stuff I want to know. I don't want to know the A, Bs, and Cs. I want to know the D, Es, and Fs. And with her, it's been over 10 years that she's, you know, been Casey Anthony. You have to have gotten laid in 10 years. Who are you dating? Who are you going out there and finding? Like, and do they know who you are and do they care? Uh, do you have them sign an NDA? You know, like, like how does that work after the fact? There's no way that she hasn't had sex since the case. There's just no way. I did wonder about the boyfriends because, you know, there's been rumors and people have seen her out and they'll be like, oh, this is Casey's new boyfriend. But you do wonder if they have to sign something because you would think, um, if you went on a date with her right now and you dated her for six months, that you could probably sell that story until now, mm -hmm. right? Well, what was she like? What did she say? Where does she live? Uh, you know that, I don't know. I, I don't know how she does anything. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's died down now after after 10 years, but not in this town. I mean, still people will say, I remember you from Casey Anthony. I mean, people were, it was nuts. Yeah. Well, nuts. Well, you know, we, we were rehashing some of the, the, the things that, you know, from the radio show. When I came back to Orlando in this case, had started, I was actually doing nights at Real Radio at first until they, and then shortly after moved me to middays after our midday guy almost killed his wife and dog. Um, and, and that was when the fight started happening on at the Casey Anthony house. And I remember going on the air and, and doing a bit where I was like, you know, pizza solves problems. So I had you know, pizza places come up and we negotiate on the air and shipped off a hundred dollars worth of pizzas. And this uh, nice uh, Asian reporter from CNN was there in the front lawn. They're fighting on the lawn of the Anthony house right now. As you can see behind me, the man and the wife Peter is going after the other man and the wife. Hold on. There is a car that is pulled from what I understand. A local radio station has sent pizza no one's fighting. Everybody's calmed down. <laughs> you said. You said it went out. It was like the best bit ever. And then Nate did the, I, can't, I always forget, what'd you do the, the Casey run thing in the morning, right? Yeah, the Casey Case fun run. I dressed up like a like a marathon runner and I had the little bib and everything and I would race the the moms that were down there trying to get a ticket to get inside. Because you remember that, Shannon? Oh, the courthouse. Uh, there was, Do you was, know how many people asked me if I could get them a ticket? I go, to what? <laughs> They're like, to watch inside. I go, tickets? Like, it was crazy. I'd never seen that before. Yeah, that's right. And people would call me and ask me if I had any, like, inside where I could get them, you know, tickets. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, like, it was some kind of lottery system or whatever. But people would line up. It was so crazy. And when you look at the video in the podcast and you see all the people in the background, like you see George and you'll see some reporters. But what people don't know is most of those people were Joes, just average Joes that stood in line to get in to watch it all day. Yeah. I'm like, don't you people work? Yeah. Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. You you have, uh, you know, with the Taylor Swift concert tickets recently, you have a better chance of getting Taylor Swift tickets than you did getting Casey Anthony yes. tickets to the courthouse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You sure did. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. I mean, I guess that was the only way to um the only way to do it, but I was like people want to go in there that badly. I guess just to say you did. But that's a long day. If anybody any of you guys have ever sat in court, I don't care what case it is. It's a long day. You have to be quiet. Do you remember you guys? Do you remember the guy who flicked off the judge? Yes. Yes. I always wonder what happened to that guy. (laughs) Yeah, he was he was one of the Casey Anthony uh, courtroom heroes. You know, I remember that guy. We should do one of those. Where are they now? Like go back and see Roy Cronk and then the the flip off guy. There was also the guy (laughs) that uh, got into it with Cheney Mason on his way to the courthouse. Uh, Right. Yeah. There there was somebody that got in an argument and. that wasn't the flip off guy, but there was a there was a guy that like they started arguing and Cheney Mason kind of snapped at him. So I remember remember that guy standing out. So here's a question that we were asking each other uh, on one of our last episodes about this thing. I want to ask it to you, Shannon. Um, have you ever met someone that thought she was innocent? No. Yeah, me neither. None. None of us have. Never. Yeah. Never. Never. Mm-mm. I mean, no. And, and, you know, if you look at this, if you'd never seen that documentary, they're right about a few things. Um, There was an immediate guilt put on her in the public, 
I think, a little bit in, in the media just because of the way the information was coming out, right, from detectives who fully believed she was the only focus, right, because that's what they believed. So I get where, you know, she didn't have a shot in the beginning because the public had already formed that opinion very early on. Again, 31 days not reporting your daughter missing was it. The public after that was like, there's nothing left to say. Mm. There's something wrong with you if you don't do that. Um, and in the documentary, she doesn't answer that either. Like, why didn't you call? Like, I don't under, I, I don't get it. Um, but um, I think that there are some things that um, I don't know that people could have thought that she was innocent because I think immediately that public perception turned. So if you had listened to anybody or talked to your neighbors or whatever, everybody had already made the decision on, on her very early on. But no, I have never met anybody that goes, you know, that dad. Now, I don't, I mean, everybody thinks the family was a little strange and there were things that were very weird, but nobody thought that anyone else was, was the killer. I wonder because they, they do a good job of this in the documentary of the people as they, that are involved in the case, uh, ex-friends and roommates and stuff like that. At first, they're totally anti-Casey Anthony. As the documentary progresses and things are said, they start to turn a little bit. Um, It would, you know, this would be more of a a you thing for you guys. I don't know if Channel 9 does that kind of stuff or not, but to to go and do where are they now? You know, people that we remember from the case, and ask them if they've seen the documentary or have them watch the documentary and see if they've had a change of heart or anybody in Orlando that was around yeah. during that time to see if they've had a change of heart after watching the documentary. I, I'm curious. I would be really curious on the answers. I would say that you would get a good amount of people that might say, no, I still think she has something to do with it, but I never really uh, suspected anything with George until now. Oh, I think that could, I think that could happen. You know, I have a little bit of a problem with those roommate guys um, that both changed their tune after, you know, they said, well, you know, George this, or, you know, it did go in front of the grand jury and, and they didn't like that apparently, but those guys were such outliers, right? They were a guy she dated's roommates. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't think they knew enough about that family and the and the case and whatever to to be such a big part of the the story. I mean, even that Clint, I think his name's Clint, yeah, um, was like, oh, I would just assume that she gave her kid Xanax because she called her Zanny the nanny. Right. It's like, so you just made that up. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't put a huge. Uh, amount of weight on those guys because I was there. I know they're like in the corner here on the case. Yeah. That, that, they're such outliers. That that guy, that was probably the worst part of the documentary. I would have, I mean, I guess they left it in there to discredit him, but, you know, he's so, I mean, he believes it. You know, I just heard Zanny and I thought Xanax, now I've got no proof whatsoever. I put it together. But I put it together. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you look, you know, the cameras are on, right? Like, what are you yeah, doing? Right? <laughs> you look crazy. See, I didn't, that was one thing you asked me what I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know Clint one day made that up. Yeah. And it's good. I did not know that. He went on national television and said, it just popped him. It just made sense. Zanny then. And, and we started, we started, everybody started saying it after that. We're like, 
oh shit, it rhymes. It makes sense. No, and now we know it was this guy, right? That made stuff. And there was no evidence. By the way, the cops found no evidence. Yeah. She had a bunch of Xanax in her car or whatever, but we all just ran with the Xanny than anything, you know? And now we find out it's this guy. Uh, we were believing uh, bullshit before bullshit was bullshit not to believe, right? right? I mean, now, yeah. you know, we were the pioneers. I am surprised at this documentary. I just, I cannot believe it. I mean, I knew eventually she would talk. Um, but I guess I'm a little bit, I, I just feel a little bit cheated in this documentary because nobody still can tell me what happened to this little girl. Like exactly. if you're going to do this 10 years later, then let's have it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No double jeopardy. Just let's, let's. They can't get you again. They can't, or your dad for that matter. Like just, just tell us if he did something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have him investigated. I don't know. It just, it's just, it, it's very frustrating. That documentary was very frustrating to me. Before we let Shannon go, Nikki, you got anything? When you watch the documentary, do you feel like the people that were even interviewing her pacified her? Because I feel like they pacified her a lot and they wouldn't really hit her with like the hard questions. So I do think um, as a reporter and and I'm tough, Jason can tell you I am mm. tough. Um, I do think that they gave her a pass on that. Um, and I feel like they, if you're going to do this, um, and, and you want the public to watch and you want her to be able to tell her story, which I think is great. I think she should be able to tell her story. I think that you have a responsibility as a journalist to say, even if she doesn't want to answer it, to say, tell us what you think happened or what you saw happen or what did happen, whatever it is, tell us. And they don't, they just like, mm-hmm. well, and she keeps saying, I, I know what the question you're going to ask, but you know, I'm not ready to answer that, you know, about Kaylee or it just, I think that they did a disservice by not at least asking her and let her say she doesn't want to do it. But you know, I don't know what kind of deals were made, but if you remember in the beginning, you guys, it says that this was going to be an interview with no rules, mm-hmm. right? That she didn't put any rules on it. So I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they didn't, um, ask her that and I think a lot of people are are thinking what you think well how come nobody told us and even all those attorneys couldn't tell you well there's no now they wouldn't be able to tell you anyway because of you know client confidentiality but there, there's no way that Casey Anthony is doing a documentary like this if she knows it's going to be a, it's going to be a hatchet job so there had to have been an understanding before they sat down that this is about me. Right. The, the documentarian, whoever this woman, I think it's a woman, who, whoever she is, she came to the table and said, hey, look, I want to put this together and it's going to work. I'm going to get Casey Anthony because I'm going to make her look good. That's why George and Cindy and Lee didn't want anything. Now, she would have to go to them and say, hey, I'm going to do this for you. They would be in it and Casey would not be a part of it. Right. So this is the first time that somebody's catered to Casey and not to the Anthony's, you know, every Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil and Dr. Pepper and everybody's had the Anthony's on, <laughs> right? Because they catered to them. They felt sorry. They lost their grandchild. This is the first time somebody's catered to Casey and they're not, you know, you said you're, they're doing a disservice. True journalist would do this. I agree with you, Shannon, but a documentarian, I don't believe is a journalist. A documentarian <laughs> is a storyteller. And you, in order to tell a story, you have to have an A to B. 
Um, and your B might not be my B. So, so they're not journalists. They're not doing what you do so well. And that's get the story in a neutral position. They're getting it in either first or fifth, right? Here. So that's just, that's a documentarian. They're not journalists. I don't think so. What did you think about Casey? It just reminded me, Casey said, you know, that she was upset because while she was in jail, her parents are doing all of these interviews, right? They're on Dr. Phil, they're on Dr. Oz, like you said. And she was like, you know, they sold, you know, me out for money. What did you think about that when she said that? Uh, I thought that you're, you're a hypocrite because I know damn well you're selling yourself out for, well, I, I, the, word, the term selling out, I've come to uh, a different understanding on what it is. If you need the money and you're doing this, this, that, but I, I don't like when people treat me like I'm stupid because I'm not. And I think this document, this, this doc of Casey is, is hours of her going, the world's stupid and they're going to believe me. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> you know, like we're not the dumb ones, you know? So I don't know what you're doing, but you're not, you're not, you're not pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. Um, they did do a good job. I will tell you, there were parts of it where I was going, oh shit, she's got a point. Wow. Didn't see that. You know, I know. it made you think there's no doubt it made you think, but that's, that's what a good, uh, doc will do to you. Right. Yeah. And they did. When I, when I heard her say that, I thought, you know what? I don't know if my daughter was missing that I would do interviews unless it was to help find her right? To keep her out there. Like if you remember the Jennifer Kessie story, you know, we have a a, a missing girl here in Orlando that's been many, many years. Um, And her parents do a lot of interviews in hopes of finding her. Um, So I never think about that. But when I think about back now and all the interviews they did and, 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 and the limelight and like when the um, investigator said, Oh yeah, I was trying to talk to them and she's over there going, well, we got Geraldo at nine and -and so-and-so wants to do this and whatever. I thought, you know, she may have a point there. If I was her, I might be a little bit mad that my parents were doing an awful lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I Who knows how to act in these situations? I mean, this was nuts. At least if you were OJ, right? Because that was the only one you could compare it to. OJ was already famous. So at least he had some skills to, to, to deal with it, right? These people were just regular people mm-hmm. that became the biggest names in the world. Did you mention Jennifer Kessie's uh, parents? And and I remember speaking with her father numerous times. Um, What about Tracy uh, Ocasio? I believe her family, uh, do they still speak out or no? Yeah. You know, they haven't done. I actually just, uh, I just did. um, And this isn't a plug for myself. I'm sorry, but I just did uh, two hours of a special on Tracy on Michelle Parker and on Jennifer Kessie because uh, the Acostios haven't spoken out in quite some time, mostly because they were like, it didn't do any good. Like I still don't have my daughter. Why are we still putting ourselves through this? Um, The Kessies speak out quite a bit. Um, You know, her case has got a lot of national attention over the years, Um, but they hadn't talked a lot and they were, you know, we kind of tried to get it back out there because it's been so long. I mean, it's been a decade for all of these cases or more. Mm -hmm. The, the, the Tracy case, the guy in question, uh, mm-hmm. is he still behind bars for the yes. other crimes? And he just exhausted all of his appeals. So he will, I mean, likely spend the rest of his life. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's why um, they 
they they they honestly think he's the he's the reason even if he's not going to be charged with her death and I remember his brother was furious with me you know I had gotten some intel about him and their relationship because I I kind of knew Tracy you know for those that don't know the story Tracy Ocasio this was many moons ago um she went missing one night at a bar by Universal Studios in that part of Central Florida Metro West area and just two, three weeks prior, um, she approached me. And I, she's been out to, she'd come out to my events before. Um, very beautiful girl. Very nice girl. But she, she, I mean, she was young. She was a party girl. I mean, that's, that's what we did, right? We are just talking about Casey. Nothing wrong with Casey sure Anthony. Part. I mean, that's what we did. We had a good time. And uh, she approached me, her, her and her friend approached me to, to go and party afterwards Um we were up at latitudes and they came up in the DJ booth and, and I had was seriously dating somebody at that time. So I respectfully declined and, you know, obviously in the back of my guy mind regretting it. Um, and then just two weeks afterwards, this happens and she goes missing. And there's the last footage of her leaving the bar with this guy. And I started to get information about this guy and some of the people that she was you know associated with. And, I started talking about it on the radio show, and this dude's brother called up and was furious, just threatening me. I've never me. heard that story before. Oh, my. Right, Nate? It was his brother, right? It was his, his brother that called, and, and I had, I think it was face hold the phone away from the, the microphone as he was screaming at me, and I had to dump all the cuss words. And <laughs> yeah. He wanted to fight and me. he was relaying what he said on the phone to you. Wanted to fight me. He's like, my brother's innocent. I, I think it was his brother, right? His bro- he had a brother, right? It was his brother. Cousins, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Like yeah. So anyway, that was very, very sad. She was a sweet girl. What I remember, she was a very, very nice girl. So it happens. Human trafficking and weirdos and murderers and bad people and villains and monsters do exist. So you got to look at that FedEx story that just came out. Oh, Joe. FedEx driver. Yeah, it was in Tampa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Tampa? I thought it was in Texas. It was in Texas? Yes. Oh, Texas. You're right. Texas. Texas. Something else happened in Tampa, though. You're right. But yes, it was Texas. Yeah, the the FedEx guy goes and he takes like some young child, a little girl, and kills her. Yep. Within an hour. Within an hour. Within an hour. Allegedly. What's yeah, allegedly, right? (laughs) But the girl's dead, and he's admitted it. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, hey Shannon, it was good to see you. Uh, I love you so much. I'm glad to see that you're still doing what you do so well, and uh, and you know we follow each other on social media. So it's nice to see that your life is so good. And uh, if if anybody's in Orlando, Channel Nine is where Shannon is now. Um, Are you liking it over there? Everybody's good to you there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, the come, media is a strange business. I don't have to tell you, right? You didn't come strong with that. Yeah, I got to tell you. <laughs> I thought that I would get a, oh, it's the best place I've ever been at. Before. Uh, well, I got fired. It's just changed a lot over the years, you know, since we started yeah. to now. It is a totally different, you know, ball game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I love what I do. I, you know, love telling the stories of the people in this town. I mean, you know, you've got a big, big love for Orlando. So, you know, yeah. you know, you want things to be uh, the right. I think the last time we talked was after Pulse on your show. Yeah. Yeah. After we had Pulse jumped. happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, 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 you love this town and you want, you know, people to, uh, you know, be happy and things to be right. And there's a lot of crazy things that happened in this town. Do you guys, the last 10 years. do you still have the same relationship as you do did with us back in the day? Like, 
television. I always like that about Orlando, our relationship with the television personalities and vice versa. Um, yes, but now because my station owns radio stations. Oh, that's right. We own the Cox radio stations. We do um, stuff with, with them instead of with real radio. But I miss you guys. That was so Ugh. much fun. I loved, loved working with you guys. But I think Fox still does some stuff, not as much as we used to do, but I think they do do some stuff. Yeah, that relationship um, is, is awesome. I mean, I love the radio folks. Yeah. We, we would just, you know, give you, so see you on TV, you're out on the scene. Hey, come on the show. Okay. I got five minutes. You're like, what is he calling for? He wants something. <laughs> did you started at 13 though? Didn't you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was really like my first job. I think I worked for like six months in Tallahassee and then, um, started at at 13. And then I went to politics. I was Bill McCollum's spokesperson yeah. who was a congressman that was a senator. He was our attorney general after that. But, um, and then went to Fox after that. Yeah. You, you were there at like the, the pioneer stages of 13. Six months after it started. Yeah. yeah. Rod Johnson. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. at the airport now. So yeah. he's still around. And Rod, we trust. And you had a news guy over there that was, I think he was over there and also wore goofy ties. I loved them. When I got to meet him, I marked out like I was meeting the biggest celebrity ever. Um, or maybe he worked for nine. I don't remember his name, but I was just so excited. Who's the, um, your friend that I slept with the, uh, the news director girl. She was nice. Michelle. She's very, she's very nice. Yes, she did. I was trying to think this morning if that was the only girl, the only friend of mine. No, there was, was like, another wasn't one. Wasn't there another one? There was Rachel. Not my Rachel, a different Rachel from uh, CW. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 If you don't, guys don't know on the show, uh, Jason was was a hot commodity back then. <laughs> I got was lucky. an eligible bachelor. The ladies loved him. <laughs> but, I was like, oh, boy. Let, let's, Good luck, girls. Let, let's get this straight, though. I was a Good luck. I was a gentleman. I had... Short, you know, I had a kind of a relationship with the, like that. I got to tell you the, the, the first, uh, the first girl we were just talking about, she, I, I'll never forget her. Like it, that was a, a fantastic evening. And she had a friend with her that was like going to be a lawyer who was gorgeous. And they both slept at my house and I've never told anybody this story, but after I was, with your friend, I went to go get a drink of water and I checked on her friend and she started making out with me. <laughs> I never heard, well, obviously I didn't hear that part of the story. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you remember that girl I'm talking about, but uh, she- Well, was, I can't, I don't remember which one it is, but now I'm going to ask. We were partying at Chiller's uh, for the most of the, the, that night, and uh, I believe, and then, you know, you went your separate ways and I took the, cause the girl was more, I think friends with her from, and she, she was from Tampa and she, you know, when we got back to my house, one thing led to another and I had 750 square foot condo, you know, it was this little place, my first place. And I was like, I sit her up on my, my big lots couch and gave her, you know, comforter and covers and stuff. And I was like, all right. And then I went into my bedroom, like man, Mich Michelle, right? That's her name. Michelle, right? It was Michelle. No. No, what was no. it? Oh, what was it? Teresa. <laughs> Teresa. Yes, Teresa. Sorry. So, Teresa. Can you believe what's happening right now? You could have corrected me like five minutes ago. So, Teresa, um, I, I went into my bedroom like we were some old married couple. Like, this is the first time she'd ever been in my place before. Like, oh, I'm going into Teresa. Teresa. I'm going old ball and chain. <laughs> but she was awesome. Like, I re I'll never forget her. 
Um, she holds a special spot in my heart. I, except I was, for her name. Except for her <laughs> fucking name. God, that's horrible. This is like 96. But I'll tell you, she always had good things to say about you. See? Like she never was like, oh, you know, that didn't work out. She was, she, she had good things to say about you. So it was not, um, there was no, uh, you know, ill will towards that. But see what I'm telling you guys, I just said he was, a, you hear the story, right? He, he dug himself right into that. <laughs> she, she's still, yeah, she's, she was a hot commodity back then. Nate, you know, she, she's still, oh, yeah. she's still around. She's still alive and all that stuff, right? Yeah. She's a teacher. Oh, good for her. So she got out of the yeah. business, married kids. She did. Yeah. A, a while ago. Yep. She's a teacher married with kids. She has a, a daughter the same. She adopted a little girl right before my daughter was born, like a couple of months. So she lives in Tampa now, but they've grown up together and they're very, very close. We see each other still all the time. Oh, good. We'll tell her. So I, I'll let Michelle know you said hello. Yeah, call her <laughs> Teresa, though. Would you please do me a favor? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know you're going to. I didn't realize that you guys are still close. So I probably wouldn't have told that story. This is the same Geraldo thing. Be careful what you say. <laughs> so you're probably going to ask her who that girl was, aren't you? I totally am. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious, too. Oh, then I'll text you and let you know please. what her name was. Yeah, please. I think I know who it was. But I'm not sure because that girl, if it's the same one, has become a lawyer now, but just recently. Well, that took a minute. I know. That's why I'm not sure it's the same girl. Uh, yeah, that's like, I mean, 20 some years. That's a, that's a long time. <laughs> you were quite hospitable, by the way, at your apartment that night. Well, they, it was a package deal. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize it. I didn't think it was going to be a, like a package deal, but the girl needed a place to stay. She was visiting. So, you know, I didn't want to lose my opportunity. So no, of course not. I no. opened up my couch, you know, offered I mean, those are the good. That's the good stuff though. I mean, that's, <laughs> mm, that's the good stuff. Uh, all right. Before uh, Nate, I didn't get to you. Do you have a question for Shannon back to the Casey stuff or anything else? Yeah, how much were, were you able to be in the courtroom? And if you were like, what was the kind of the vibe of the courtroom? Was it kind of a no, circus or I was, was it? on the air all day long? So they had one of us in the courtroom and one of us that was on the air the entire day. Because remember, we didn't it wasn't like you just did normal newscast. They went live with this all day long on right. the local channels. We were the first ones to do that. So I was in the back of this truck. They did one of those like um, like like a moving truck and they set up a studio in the back and that's where I sat all day long in the back of a truck. Wow. Yeah. I remember that compound across the street. Yeah. It was an empty lot at the time and all the yeah, media they're building was there. A huge comp apartment complex there right now. Really it's weird to see. Yeah. Because we always, we called it the Casey compound. Yeah. So no, I didn't get to go up in that um, courtroom, but um, I remember what people used to say, you know, it was very quiet and you were just glued to it, but you couldn't make any noise because of that flip off guy. Like screwed it for everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know? Damn it. Yeah. They, they, I remember at the beginning, it was judge Bel Belvin. Be Belvin. Yeah. Yeah. Belvin. He was Belvin like Perry. Yeah. Belvin Perry. I guess I, yeah. I, I, I'm not taking shit from anybody in this one. He, he, he laid out. It was pretty cool. He was a good judge. I liked him. He, he was, he made for good television. I can tell you that. Oh, he made great television. We still talk to him. He still does a lot of stuff for us. You know, we'll call him and ask him, you know, advice on things or get him to, cause he, you know, he was the chief judge here in Orlando. I mean, he's no schlub, you know? Yeah, he was good. And, and he was, he was stern. You know, if you got out of line, 
you know, but everything was so nonchalant. Like those judges are pretty cool to be in a, such a high profile case and be so cool throughout the whole thing. Uh, he was pretty cool. What about, uh, Jeff Ashton? Is he still around? He's a judge now. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He, um, and just recently became a judge, you know, he lost the election as the state attorney. Those of you don't know, Jeff Ashton was the state attorney during Casey Anthony. And what people don't know a lot about uh, Jeff Ashton is he was like one of the first in Orange County to bring DNA into evidence, into a courtroom. Huh. That's why when he got this case, he they thought he would be the right guy because of, you know, he knew so much about DNA early on. Um, and then so he's a he's a judge now. Um, and I think Linda Drain also ran for judge. And now I can't remember what has happened since then. But didn't, um, didn't Jeff Ashton have his, his kids do something? I want to say somebody told me about his kids and. I don't know whether it was good or bad, but something happened with one of his kids or they did something or they said, yeah, he did have an issue with one of his kids. And now I can't remember exactly what that was. Um, but you know, he's doing well. He's a judge now. And Belvin Perry works for Morgan and Morgan. Well, shocker who doesn't work for Morgan. and Morgan? I know. Right. <laughs> um, he's an attorney there. So everybody's done uh, pretty well. And then Jose Baez, you know, defended Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Pop- we haven't heard much from him lately though. No, he's just waiting for another big case. That's all he's got to do. He's just got to wait for the big mamas. Um, All right. Well, um, next time I'm down there in Orlando. I was actually just down there, not in Orlando, but I was in Eustace. uh, I know. I saw that. Reconciling with my mother after 17 years of being estranged. How did that go? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Uh, (laughs) It was... Okay, I mean, seventeen years is a long time. Yeah, it was it was fine. I mean, she's not the mom I remember, and she needs she needs a lot of help financially, and you know, uh, always a good time. You know, this the unemployed son to come and help you with a new air conditioning unit and all that kind of stuff. So, um, save the day. So (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Uh, But it was good. But next time I come back to Orlando, Orlando, we'll uh, have to go out. And um, tell uh, Teresa I said hi. Her last name starts with an M, right? It does. That's where I got Michelle. I knew there was an M involved. <laughs> Our last That's her name. only fans. Teresa Michelle. I, I no, I knew I knew there was an M. I, I can I can hear and I, I don't want to say her last name, but I can hear and I can say it's it's like a it's it sounds like the name of what a, like a fancy corsant would be. Mm. If memory serves. Yeah, okay. you're right. You're right about that. <laughs> yeah. I did know her. Anyway, all right. Do you not go by Buckethead anymore? No, that's one of the reasons why I left Orlando, because I hated the name so much, I had to move to a different state in order to drop my brand. Stop it. True Stop story. It. Nate, tell her. True is that story. true story? Nate, is that true? I don't know if that's the only reason, was it? No, that's not the only reason, but it was one of the oh, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, how did that? How did you even get that name? I was thinking about that this morning. First day I was on the air with Doc and Johnny at XL 106.7 in 1995. Uh, I prior uh, I was there at the radio station a month, 
I was interning, and at that those days, you know, well, everything's you do everything for free, but you know, you're washing banners and trucks. I mean, you're doing all this. You're just the the slave for the most part, right? And I, where the studio was at the time, um, there's a Mexican radio station there now in Altamont Springs, but you literally would walk in and you'd see the radio, the, the studio, and then you, you'd see everybody that walked in the door and they could see you. And so I started doing gigs with these guys as the promo person, you know, setting up the tents and the tables and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And then uh, I remember doing a couple of these, these Friday night gigs with them at Chillers before there was a Big Belly or a Latitudes and, and then finding out how much they made to do what they did. And, and I, I was like, well, this is cool. Like I'll take the watered down celebrity thing. Sure. That's pretty yeah. neat. Uh, yeah. And so I remember I talked to Johnny one night and he goes, uh, and he didn't really know me at all, but he goes, all right. He goes, uh, you know, when you're ready to come in, just, just send me a letter, like write me, a, not an email. Cause we didn't do emails at the time, but just write me a letter. And we had all these these boxes at the radio station. So I, I remember got back. I drove the station vehicle back, and, and and I sat down, and I was like, "Dear Mr. Magic," I think he still has the letter to this day. He says he does. "Dear Mr. Magic, this is Jason Bailey. I was your promo person. I am willing to take you up on that offer." Blah blah. The next day, he calls me, and he says, "Come in tomorrow at seven a.m." Like seven a.m. <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, we start at six. You're actually getting off." So the first day I get there, I'm like, okay. So I get there. They already had two interns and a producer, kind of. And so I was like, I'll find something for myself to do. So I started screening calls. And I st- they didn't have any phone screener software. So it just made sense to write the names down and what line. And I'd run them in. And just things that made sense they never had anyone do for them before. So Doc says on the air, he goes, who is this guy? Because he didn't know me. He's, I'm just some new dude that showed up. And Johnny goes, this is Jason. Uh, he's promo. He's new. He's an intern. He wants to learn the, the radio side, you know, the, the programming side. And he goes, well, he's doing a great job. Let's keep him. Uh, they didn't ask me if I wanted to stay. They just said, let's keep him. And uh, he goes, well, we got to give him a name. Now, this is 90s top 40 radio, so you got to have a goofy name. And, right. and Doc uh, goes, let's call him, because uh, at the time, you know, I was the kind of big hair, long hair, whatever. <laughs> But they could tell that I wasn't going to take shit from anybody. So they thought I had a big head. Oh. They thought it, right? Okay. They were correct. So he goes, let's call him uh, Tankhead. No. Tankhead? (laughs) Tankhead. And then Johnny goes, let's call him Joe Cool, because he's got that cool college thing going. And they're like, no, we just had a college boy, you know, who's Chris Fisher in Tampa. And uh, Deborah Roberts, who is at Real radio uh now she was on the show at the time and she was uh the traffic and weather girl and she said something i forget what what she said and they're like no 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 no. and then alex diaz the other intern Mm -hmm. was sitting on the ground and in his latino slang voicey thing he goes boogie here in the background and everybody loved it and i hated it and i almost quit the next day and then really? two weeks later, we had a charity event playing basketball against some middle school or something. And all the kids were chanting my name. And I was like, <laughs> I've made it. I love being Buckethead. And then as I progressed in my career, I'm like, I hate being Buckethead because I can't talk about serious stuff. Remember when I challenged Rick Scott? I can't sit there and challenge. Buckethead can't challenge Rick Scott. It just sounds silly. 
So uh, I was like, I got to move. So I'm moving to Atlanta. And I did that. And I was like, I'll probably get fired in 10 years, nine years. I did. Actually, I got fired. I've been, I got fired twice while I was in Atlanta. <laughs> I got fired the first year I was here and then the ninth year I was here. So anyway, that's my story. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I will, uh, I'll buy you a drink when I get down there. All right. Um, okay. Thanks for coming on. Might have you back on because you're such a great guest and such a great person. We'll talk about some of your other friends that you introduced me to back in the day, maybe. I'll ask around. You're ask, ask who. You're kind of like a madam. That's what you were. <laughs> That's what you did. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, Shannon, thanks so much for coming on. It was good seeing you. Bye, guys. Bye. Love Bye. you. Bye. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, they provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters U-C-I, the word granite.com. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing, and graphic installation. Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one -on -one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net. C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962. 770-369-9962. Sometimes it's tough finding the right tree service, like ones that'll give you a call back or ones that'll even show up. Cut and right tree service and more, they're going to do both. They're going to show up and they're going to call you back. 877-828-8846. You can also book online, cuttingright.com, C-U-T-T-I-N-R-I-G-H-T.com. Female, veteran-owned, located and servicing all around Atlanta. And if you mention the BS, when you call, you get $100 off your job. Experience tree removal, who care all about the details. Customer satisfaction guaranteed, 877-828-8846. That's 877-8-CUTTIN. CuttinRight.com. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. Ever since I was called the devil the other day, I can't get out of my head. Every I'm like always trying to think of devil songs. <laughs> and of course, the devil went down to Georgia. Devil inside from NXS. Uh, devil without a cause, Kid Rock. 
I guess I'm the devil. I was not named the devil, but we just assumed that Dum Dum called me the devil. It couldn't be the guy that plotted for 10 months plus to fire him to be the devil. <laughs> I don't know. It's just how do you say positive this and positive that and positive positive and then call somebody the devil? It's you, the most horrible it, thing to call a person. Well, it's, it's because you're, people like that are hypocrites. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like shocked, breaking news. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, but I don't think I've ever been called that before. Um, not that I'm offended. Uh, I'm just trying to think of devil songs. I did post uh, 10 best holiday recipes for devil's food cake. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw that <laughs> and got that joke. <laughs> But it was a little under the radar. It was like, if you know, you know, kind of thing. But I thought that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of uh, the water boy. Foosball is the devil. Foosball is the <laughs> devil. <laughs> the belly is the devil. <clears throat> I don't know. It was like. Ricky Valancourt. I guess Christopher Rude would be the devil, too. Larry would be the devil. Everybody would be the devil, except for the guy that fired him. That's crazy. That's so, that's uh, like I got to get back to religion. I got to figure out how this whole works. <laughs> I guess I misunderstand what the devil means. I just, I guess I, not the guy that got you out of situations that you dug yourself in, you know, with law enforcement and sponsors. When you were uh, asking me how do you uh, continue to lie to the listeners about your uh, eye endorsement people and how do you get out of that and. You know, and how do you get out of the situation with the Alpharetta police because you're such a fucking egotistical douchebag? And, you know, I come up with a cre- creative bit um, uh, to, to get them out and not a thank you or nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Bonus check after <laughs> bonus check based off of my ideas uh, for three plus years. And still, I'm the devil. It's amazing. Absolutely. That, that man's eye was always falling out. It was like three times since I knew him, his eye fell out. Oh, but he still sent people to that 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 company, whatever it was. He definitely I was, did. I was like, God, dude, what are you doing? It's like, oh man, but I I don't endorse things that I don't believe in, dude. Your fucking eyes falling out. Like your your <laughs> your wife is screaming at you, saying, "Why did you do this?" You know, I was like, "You're so full of shit." And people, I guess there's still a group of people that believe this guy. I mean, I hate to tell you this, but the guy's a fraud. You know, he is not real. He is he is a as phony baloney as they come, my friends. Uh, the state of Georgia, believe it or not, uh, is seeing its highest levels of STDs. They're skyrocketing. You believe that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I absolutely believe it. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that we were at the top of the AIDS list here. I don't know what's going on in this city, but people are humping a lot. Uh, sexually trans, well, you can get it and also not by humping. According to Brandon, you can get AIDS by putting your balls on a toilet seat. <laughs> you gotta be careful, man. You never know where them terms are. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that piece of doctor information. Oh, sure do. <laughs> Georgia reported 106,467 combined cases of STDs. This was uh, STDs skyrocketed at the highest level of decade, Georgia. This is 2021. Primarily gonorrhea, syphilis, and chlamydia in 2021, according to data from the Georgia Department of Public Health. That represents a more than 17% increase from just a year earlier 
in 2020 and a 54% increase from a decade ago. Is this all of Georgia or just like Atlanta? Because doesn't Atlanta make up like half the population of Georgia? Uh, it just says Georgia. It doesn't do a breakdown of cities. Uh, I, I, I would assume, I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume that the dumber counties would be a higher rate of STDs, meaning like the school systems are not as good. So they're not being, because they, do they teach, they teach health, right? Yeah. And in P, well, not PE, but it's health. The class is called health. So yeah, they do teach you sexual education and health. Georgia ranks sixth in the nation for, for chlamydia in 2020. 16th for gonorrhea, ninth for syphilis. Uh, CDC has not released a broken down by the state for 2021. STD infections have risen for the sixth consecutive year. The CDC estimates that one uh, that of the nearly 20 million new STD infections reported a year in the U.S., half of them are among people aged 15 to 24. One in two sexually active people will contact an STD by the age of 25. Wow, that's crazy. I would say it's the younger generation because there's not as much of, um, like for us Gen Xers that grew up in the HIV AIDS world, when especially when we grew up in the world that we didn't understand it, you know, it was the gay virus, the gay cancer, as it was, it was, it was termed when it first came out. Because uh, all the only people that were getting it were gays, and nobody understood how to, how you got it. And then you started to see people getting it from blood transfusions, and so now obviously research has come a you know million miles since then, and there's people that can live comfortably with HIV and still have sex and not even be detected. You see the commercials all the time, right? But it's still, I think, targeted more towards the gay community, um, as far as the the virus goes, right? But as a Gen Xer, we grew up with the fear of that and then the fear of getting the disease. Like the my brother, who's 10 years my older, you know, my elder, he's 10 years older than me, you know, they it was raw dog through and through. That's why, you know, our parents were knocking people up at 18, 19 years old because safe sex was not a thing. Safe sex became a thing not really based off of, you know, having a kid. It was, it was off AIDS. It was off AIDS. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was the big condom push. And then you started having celebrities openly talk about it, namely TLC, right? Lisa Left Eye Lopez would put the condom in her I eye. I think Magic Johnson was the first shocker in the celebrity world. So Magic Johnson, you know, still alive today. Good for him. <laughs> contracts HIV. Not, yeah. not gay, but just sleeping around. Especially if you've watched the, the Lakers uh, show on MTV, you see, I mean... He loved to go down on women. <laughs> he loved to go down on women. Uh, but yes, you were right. That was in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. He contracts HIV. But when he played for the Dream Team, remember when he went out there, everybody was afraid if he bleeds, uh, we're going to get AIDS. Gonna catch but they rallied around him and said, hey, look, we're going to play with him. He's Magic Johnson. He's our boy. And and they did that. So we started to see people, you know, it's like, oh, you have AIDS. Oh, get away from me. The Ryan White story, most people know about from the early 80s, the young boy that contracted AIDS from a, a blood transfusion mm-hmm. and uh, just was bullied and bullied and bullied and then became a spokesperson for having it. And then he passed away a short time afterwards, uh, sadly enough. But anyway, so um, I think if you, you're getting an STD, first and foremost, you're an idiot. Like, it's kind of your fault. If you go in raw dog just because you want to be cool, 
Like, yeah, I don't feel anything with a condom or, you know, whatever. Okay. Each, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But if you don't know, you're sleeping with a stray and you come back with a drip, that's your fault. It may not be that you're sleeping with a stray. You may be in a committed relationship where you trust your partner, like you told me not too long ago, and they cheat on you. And here you are with a disease. Okay, well, then that one you would not be an idiot on. Because it, it happens a lot more than you think. Uh, <laughs> he's been dropping a lot of vague hints here lately. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Things like that happen. Oh, I think she knows something. I am say I know nothing. <laughs> Big podcasting. <laughs> oh, that's what you should do. If you want to get your podcast back up on the network, the vague cast. Yeah, I like it. And just like vaguely talk about stuff. Don't ever say names. <laughs> Don't ever give exact facts. Just vaguely talk about stuff. So what uh, STD did you get? I did not say that I got an STD. Oh, come on. So don't even go there. Oh, you got something. Y'all want me to tell y'all all my business. You're not telling me all my business. I did not get an STD. I'm just saying things like that happen to people. Did I you did. did you contract those moly bumps on your underwear? No. No, that's genetic. We've already talked about that. Right. It's not a freaking STD. Anybody else think that she's got one? <laughs> Brandon? Maybe. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. If I had a guess, I'd say Absolutely. chlamydia. No, 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 crabs. I didn't ask you which one she had. I just asked. If she, so Damn, you, you're, you're answering my question. Yes, she's got it. Crabs. Well, then why would you say that if you don't? Tell me. Because I know that it happens to people is all I'm saying. You have to who? play both sides. You can't say people are idiots. Who? Who, who has it happened to that you I mean, know? I'm not going to call out people's names and say such and such has had an STD, but I, I know it happens to people that way. Does it rhyme with Does it rhyme with Laddison? Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 uh, good minds think alike. That's right. Over, well, listen to this. Over one in two Americans will contract an STD at some point in their lifetimes. One in two Americans. So it means... I just say 50%. I think that'd be easier to read. Well, maybe, Brandon, but they didn't, okay? <laughs> they said one and two. I'm glad you know your math. <laughs> Quick math. That means that if there's one, two, three, four of us here, okay? Two I'll, of us have had an STD. I almost said five because I'm looking at myself <laughs> in the box. <laughs> so if there's four of us here, two of us have an STD. Yep. And we all know that's Nikki and Brandon. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, it's easy to say Nikki and Brandon. Yeah, I mean, they're single. Yeah. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean we have STDs because we're single. You guys could have had an STD in your time as well. Well, I have not, and I never will um, because I'm in a committed relationship. But Brandon, to prove my point of I think people with STDs come from low education backgrounds, he's an idiot. So he probably just doesn't know stuff. <laughs> and he just goes in raw dog every time. I mean, hey, I'm the one overprotecting myself. I'm wrapping my balls up too. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to get touched in the toilet. No, I mean, you don't wear a condom when you have sex with, with the strays down there in Noonan, do you? No, not typically. Yeah, see? I, that's for, no, he said no, he doesn't. No, but I, you, you look usually like I don't an pick SPD. up random strays. I kind of know who they are. It doesn't matter. You don't use protection, though, Brandon? It doesn't matter if you know. People know who Magic Johnson is. He's got AIDS. AIDS. (laughs) Plan B. (laughs) 
Isn't I that, need. Isn't that crazy? That is very crazy. See, that's that's the you know the twenty eighteen to twenty four that they're talking about. You know, um, have you had what? What do you have? Do you have something? Do you know? Do you have any signs? Do you have any rashes? No, uh, uh-uh. I have not. Not yet. No. I don't see anything. Yeah. Wait. So, what? What if someone in this like, out of the four of us? What if we had two? Would that mean only one of us would have it out of the room? No, you still want it. But Brandon, oh, do you even okay. go to the doctor to get checked? You said you don't see any bumps. I mean, I don't have any problems down there. Everything Most works. Most STDs and- go undetected, <laughs> and especially in men, you need to go to the doctor. If it's undetected. Why do I need to detect it? Because it could kill you if it's in your body for too long, crazy. What, AIDS or which, any which STD, one are we about? you could die from oh. gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis if you keep it in your body and don't get it checked and don't get it um, taken care of. That's like me going to the doctor and be like, I think my leg's broke. Like, why do you think that? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's undetected. Just you check should it. think that because <laughs> no, you have unprotected sex. Crazy. Even COVID's got a version of uh, an STD now. Your, your penis starts coughing. It's weird. you know like if i were an artist like a cartoonist and i were to draw a cartoon about an std my character would look like brandon (laughs) you know like when you're drawing like he's on the pamphlet yeah like you know you're drawing like this like this is what the human std looks like it would be brandon oh goodness (laughs) he looks like crabs (laughs) you know his favorite std uh, yeah, so Nikki and Brandon would be the two out of us that have it. Absolutely. Oh, my God. All right, Nikki, yep. based off of what she just said, we obviously know somebody cheated on her. That's not what And I gave her, what does she look like? Like, what kind of STD girl does she look like? She looks like a, what, like a chlamydia? I don't know. I'm yeah. still sticking with crabs. You think crabs? She looks like a crabs girl? Maybe an HPV. A yeah, HPV. actually, actually, you know, there's like a high level of women that have HPV. It's like seventy some percent. But guess what? And, H- it, and it goes unprotected, unprotected, undetected. Un- 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 but HPV is not necessarily a sexually transmitted disease in women, though. Do uh, you want to be an expert? Uh, I think it is actually. It's not. I think it's considered an STD. No, it's a form. Actually, sometimes, most of the time, of cancer. Uh, I don't know about that. Look it up. Now, you look it up. I'm, I will look I'm it up. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I know because I, unlike Brandon, go to the I have doctor. an STD. No, I don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the doctor. because TT cheated. And, and, and he didn't mean to cheat. He was actually trying to drive his penis into Nikki, but it's so long it actually took went off course and went to another vagina. See, HPV <laughs> is a related cancer epidemic in men and women. Yep. I knew Thank that it was you. in men and women. Well, who are you banging with cancer? It doesn't have anything to do with cancer. Is that what you're about with to say? Banging. Oh, with banging. <laughs> yes. Before before we get beat up by the audience, I'm reading HPV is the most common STD that is in the United States. I just what I just said. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. Eight, or actually, they're called. I don't know if they changed the name, but they call them STIs now. I think sexually transmitted infection. Oh, disease got ref- uh, offended. <laughs> but HPV is one that you can you can also get without having sex. Like, I don't know if it's like um, mucus is touching or something. Yeah. There's a loogie in someone's mouth. You can get like it. walking around? You can, no, you can, you can get it oral exchange. You can get HPV. Um, but usually, well, that's a, usually not, you don't that, see like, anything from it. Yeah. Well, and that's like with STDs, that's the other thing is people don't realize you can get it from oral sex also. So... Yeah, unless you're using like a dental dam or something. Yeah, so don't, don't think that you, just because you go down on Def August, you aren't going to get something, Brandon. 
<laughs> Wait, does it live in the person's mouth? And then that's how you get it, or does the other person get it from from the the nether regions? Oh, yeah, I think it lives because they probably have some sores. So putting your mouth on a penis that has some sores on it, you're gonna have a bad time. You no, know I'm saying if you got sores in your mouth and put it on a penis, does that? Oh yeah, probably that too. Oh okay, I didn't know if it lived in your mouth. That's what I was asking. I don't know. Maybe that's a new shirt for you. It lives in my mouth. Yes, it lives in my mouth. <laughs> hey, it's Brandon. It lives in my mouth. According Do to animals the, get STDs? Uh, animals, see all the dogs running around. Animals yeah. can, I believe, can get STDs. It's very rare, but I believe they can get STDs. From humans or each other? I think from each other. They can't get it from humans. Why, are you thinking about going that way, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> just see a really good-looking horse the other day and just... <laughs> maybe. Like, I think... Uh, was it koalas? I think koalas have, like... They all have herpes or something like that. Like they're all infected with herpes. So be careful with the koalas, Brandon. Yeah, don't <laughs> fuck a koala, bro. You see, see a koala always using chapstick? You know something's up. According to the uh, CDC, despite an initial decline in reported SDK, STD cases during the... I always get it confused with that steakhouse, STK. And I'm like, oh, yeah. SDK I case... I there last weekend. 2020 surveillance Ooh. data showed that the pandemic did little to slow the increase of STDs. Shocker. If anything, it went up. Yeah, because people weren't doing nothing but humping. And they're not, and they're just, they're not going out to get condoms. They're not Instacart. Can you Instacart condoms? Yep. You, yep. Tell me more. I'm just saying you can <laughs> because they go to the store, so you can pick up anything that's in the store. That's not true. She's like a baker's a baker's dozen costs sixty nine ninety five. <laughs> I just happen to know that. That's not true. They won't bring you dip or alcohol. You can get alcohol now through Uber Eats. Okay, but yeah. I'm saying Instacart would not bring dip or alcohol. But Instacart will bring you condoms. Uh, well, tell me more. It's not more for me to tell you. You just ask the question and I answer. Well, you don't know it unless they brought condoms to your house. If you Instacart, you'd be like, hold on. Let me do, 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 do. Hold on. Give me like, Shikan is going to be here in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping off a pallet of condoms from Costco. <laughs> you can Instacart alcohol, just not in Georgia. I hope you're ready. <laughs> let's let's chromecast Shakan's ride over. Why is he going in circles on Main Street? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> He's driving a white Honda Civic. Shocker. <laughs> Your condoms will be there though. There were moments in 2020 when it felt like the world was standing still, but STDs weren't. It's coming from an MD, uh, director of CDC's National Center for HIV. Uh, that'd be a cool gig to have, huh? Work at the CDC. Well, that's what I figured all this was coming from, from the pandemic. Everybody's locked down at home. They're just banging each other and spreading their STDs around. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. Because you couldn't go out, so all you could go was in. Oh. Yeah, and I think... <laughs> yeah. Jason, I think you actually said that during the pandemic. You said there was going to be a ton of pandemic babies. There were. people. People got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Well, well, do we know what the number one pandemic baby name was? I do. I do think that was like were kids calling them like Panty or Kobe or something like that. Hydrochloroquine. <laughs> hide, hide, <laughs> hide, your, hide your wife. Hide your chloroquine. Hide your kids. Hide them, hide them all. <laughs> hide them all. Uh, I don't know what name you know. Like if you have a kid during a hurricane, you usually name it after the hurricane. Oh, this is my son, Pfizer. <laughs> yeah, Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer would be good. Actually, you know what? There, a guy I played tennis, uh, tennis with his granddaughter, or no, his daughter's having a baby. 
or just had a baby, his grandkid, and they named her Astro. No, Astra. Astra. And somebody else said, like, AstraZeneca, you know, the company. And he's like, no, I don't know why they named her Astro. I was like, that's kind of a cool name. I go, sure, it's not Astro, like the dog on Jetsons? He goes, <laughs> no, 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 it's a, with an A because she's a woman, a girl, you know, so it's feminine. I was like, Astra. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's cool. I've never heard that name before. I like that. Astra. That's nice. That is. So I was like, Astray. But it's not. It's Astra. Astra Bay. That's where they got the name from, though. Yeah. It says an Indian couple gave birth to twins during the pandemic and named them COVID and Corona. That's just silly. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> child Corona abuse. Patel. That's yeah. That's that's child <laughs> abuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another one was named Coronavirus, but they spelled it K O R O N A V Y R E S S. That's child abuse. <laughs> that's some bullshit. Yeah. You know. At the at the call center, she goes by Karen, though. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else named their kid COVID Bryant. Oh, like oh, Kobe Bryant. Funny. Yeah. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. A little wrong, but really funny. <laughs> and the most popular name was Quarantina. 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 With a Q or a K? With a Q. Okay. Quarantina. That's better. It's like a garbage pail kid. <laughs> Quarantina. <laughs> Wear a condom if it's a stray and you're not sure. Please, please. And go get checked. You should get a yearly checkup with your gynecologist. Sheesh. Or if you're not a guy, go whatever see the men see, go see him. Yeah, I don't know where they go. Where do you, do y'all go once a year and get your penis? Oh yeah, we go to the no. penisologist. No, why? I'm I'm in a relationship. I don't know. We've why been through this before. This. Rachel's not speech? cheating on me. She might. You, you know what you every person ever that's gotten cheated on said? That same line. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she hears this. <laughs> like, you guys are going to get your asses kicked. Well, then you better get checked, too, because, you know, Alexis is going around and banging Pedro and Felipe uh, down there in Mexico. Nate gets checked. I'm filming it. <laughs> I'm selling that shit on the interweb. <laughs> Nikki D's scarred and, uh, over this cheating STD situation she won't share with us. We all know that you have one because somebody cheated on you. No, I don't. I mean, we're not stupid. I cannot ever tell you guys a simple scenario of things that have happened and you want to equate them to me. They're not all about me. I'm not vain. It's, you don't have to be vain. You're just, I know things about other people. Well, then you have to preface that says, look, I've got a friend, but you don't do that. You just say, well, unless somebody people. cheats on you, like <laughs> December 12th, 1999. <laughs> Not saying, but Phil's a fucking asshole. <laughs> Feel. <laughs> oh, goodness. P-Dog. <laughs> Hmm. I don't have an STD. Thank you. All right. Well, wear a condom. Brandon, would you please start wearing condoms? Yeah, yeah. I wear one. Put it on my head. Right. You ever done that? Definitely. Put it on top of your head and blow it up with your nose. Have you ever had have you ever had a woman put a condom on you with her mouth? No. Pretty cool. Yeah. He doesn't know any women skilled like that. Can you do that? Yep. Can you really? I can <laughs> tie a cherry stem with my mouth too. Yeah. To put the, the condom on with that the would mouth. Hurt. The mouth thing, pretty uh, 
It doesn't hurt. Tying my dick in a cherry stem knot? No, I'm just saying I can do that (laughs) without using my hands. I was giving form of reference of things I can do with no hands. Actually, factually, that would not hurt me. That's a true story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, his dick has a bolo tie. (laughs) It's pretty bendy down there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brandon, are you ready with your one question? Abby. One question with Brandon. All right, good. All right, well, the holidays are here, and if you haven't ordered your uh, custom pet portrait from Studio Sparks Designs, it's too late to get it for Christmas. So you're going to get it next year. Uh, She doesn't want to rush these. They're quality products, so she takes her time with them, and she's not going to try to push out any more before Christmas. So if you haven't got yours in already, you're not going to get them until next year. Meredith Meredith Sparks from Studio Sparks Designs. I was just up their house the other day, did a fence quote for them. They're great people, her and Andrew Sparks. Um, They're based out of Ackworth and Dallas, but they can ship anywhere nationwide. Check her out, Facebook, Etsy, uh, Studio Sparks Designs. Yeah, they. Uh, uh, we were talking about this, uh, I think, last episode. Um, they did one of Petunia. They surprised me with it. And it's Saw that. They were telling me about that. Phenomenal. I mean, like, I, I kid you not, she is so talented. And I love this picture. I have it in, in the, the studio right now. It's up there looking at it right now. It's great. I love it. So very, very cool. If, unfortunately, you didn't get with her before the holidays, Oh, well, but definitely take advantage of it and um, and, and have her do it uh, afterwards. Because I know a lot of the two percenters, because we you know we support our sponsors, we support each other and what we're doing. So it's cool to see, you know, like on the two percenters Facebook group, everybody going to her and whatnot. So give her some work, give her some business. Uh, what's your one question? All right. For a year, would you rather live on a boat or a train? Oh, easy. Boat. A train. Really? Oh, yeah. Boat. Absolutely. I wouldn't want to live on a boat because storms arise. So you're out there in a storm. Your boat can crash. Now you're stranded at sea, eaten by a shark. No thanks. Well, you you avoid the storm. How can you avoid the storm? You go into port or you go around the storm. You may not be able to get around it. It might just come out of nowhere. Very rarely does that happen. No, it happens all the time. Ask somebody that's been lost at sea. Okay. Well, I can't because they're lost at sea. (laughs) I'm going with the train. I've I've lived on a boat and I've been in a storm, been in a hurricane on a sailboat. But been, were you in the middle of the ocean or were you right by land where you could just zoom back in? Oh no, no, no. We were out there deep. We were sailing our uh sailboat from Severna Park, Maryland to Naples, Florida. And that's a long haul. And it was a good size sailboat. I mean, it wasn't a yacht, but it was it was a good it was, it was good size. And the witch of Endor is what the boat was called. And we were all out there, and we got to Virginia, and we went into port there at the naval base. And that's when I found a stack of Playboys under the bed. That was kind of cool. Uh, and then we get back out on the boat, and we get down to South Carolina, and the storm comes up. And we're out in the middle of the ocean. And it was scary. Really, really scary. Did you throw up? Uh, no, I never threw up, but I went down, you know, I went, I went downstairs, uh, in the cabin and I just braced myself, you know, in the thing, but I mean, waves were coming over the boat, but see, I was always told that the boat, it can't sink because it's made of fiberglass. So I never had the fear 
of the boat sinking. Because as a kid, that's what I, I grew up on boats. So I was always told that this boat, it's, you know, because it's made of fiberglass, it can't sink. So I, I was mean, like, people thought that on the Titanic too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, so, I got, as I got, as I got older, I understood. But so after the storm, um, I mean, we were able to get out of, like we went into port during the storm and then we got out and then uh, my mother was like, I'm done. So we ended up flying down there from there and he sailed the boat with our friend, which you know he banged. <laughs> um, she stayed with him. On the way down there. And so I, I don't know the whole full story afterwards, but I do remember that part of the story. So, Nikki, Brandon, which movie is this? The <laughs> no. <laughs> <Pretty> first dates. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't believe me? It definitely sounds like one. No. <laughs> well, are you serious? That's a, a, a God's honest true story. I, I've I, never heard the story before, though, in all the stories. Yeah, that, that's why I don't believe you because I've known you for probably almost 15 years and I've heard Beyonce's vagina story a hundred times, <laughs> but I've never heard you sailing across the or down the eastern seaboard. <laughs> it's, a, it's an absolutely true story. It is without a doubt. Ooh, and it does sound like a movie. I'm trying to think of which one it was. Or one of those Dateline NBC stories I heard. God, I hate when I'm For fucking sure. down it. Watch this. Is it the perfect storm? <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. Or Castaway. Do but you I... find a ball named Wilson also? <laughs> <laughs> he said he's down there bracing for shock. That's crazy. All right. Let's see if um, my mother understands this quick text. So just keep an okay, eye on that. Let's see. Can you please confirm that we sell the Witch of Insert? Endor. I, I respell From Maryland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be like, what? It might, it might take her a minute to. <laughs> well, my answer is train. Trains are safe. I've always wanted to go somewhere on a train. I haven't yet. So I'm going to pick a train. I think I can go see a lot of places in the world. They have comfy lodging, good food. I they do one across the United States. It's pretty cheap. It's like a seven day, and it's like a hundred something bucks or two hundred bucks. Really? Cool. I'm more afraid. Yeah. Of, I'm more afraid of trains than I am boats. Why? Because <clears throat> like again, I grew up on the water, so I I, I grew up on boats. I, I I love I love the ocean. I love boats. I love I love all that stuff. I I just feel like there's a safer landing. Like with a boat, I feel like I can jump in the water. It's like pa- planes scare me because there's nowhere to go trains scare me because there's no, I mean, I know there's land there, but you're going so fast. Boats just seem like it's a lot easier to escape if something were to happen. Hmm. Yeah. Cause boats don't sink. <laughs> yeah. They're made of fiberglass, yeah, but they sink. You jump off. That's what I'm saying. Like if a plane technically sinks, it crashes. You're screwed. If a train crashes, you're screwed. If a boat is sinking, they just jump off. Yeah. And then it, you're screwed. It, yeah, if a train crashes, you just walk to 7-Eleven. If a boat crashes, you get eaten alive by sharks. Exactly. I'm going with 7-Eleven. Well, that's if you're in shark-infested territories. And you don't know how to defend yourself against sharks. Which, <laughs> which you know. I do. <laughs> Correct. Your mom's not answering. I, it takes, give her a minute. It's, okay. She's still learning how to. <laughs> she was, the other day, she was, oh my, I, she sends me, she now knows how to share links. Right. So she shares a link from Amazon because mm. we're still trying to get this piss smell out of her house from all these cats. So she says she's kept the cats out. So it's better. She's got airflow. So it's getting there. Right. 
She goes, my friend, she always says a friend. She goes, my friend, my friend said she came over. She says, it smells so much better. She says that she can actually hang out now with me and this, this, that. She doesn't know it. She, do, she doesn't know. I had a dream about this other night. Uh, she goes, are you telling your audience about my life? I had a dream about that. Oh, she didn't really ask you that. <laughs> uh, no, but it was so real. I thought she did. Like, I thought she <laughs> called me in the middle of the night. It was that real. <laughs> and so she sends me a link from Amazon and it's uh, all these charcoal packets. Mm-hmm. You know, charcoal's good to absorb smells and this and this and that. And she goes, my friend told me that this will do wonders and this and this and that. So, you know, it was like twelve ninety nine on Amazon. So I ordered it and had it and it said next day delivery and cool. Shipping it to her house. And, um, and the next day she texts me and she goes, Oh my God, they're here at my door already. It's she's just amazed how Amazon works. Absolutely amazed. Can Rachel, you, have you ever heard that Jason sailed in a boat down the East Coast? Long as you've known him. And he was in a storm and he had a brace for shock because the boat was gonna crash. And he found Playboys. And yeah, he found it's Playboy important. magazines on the In his unsinkable boat. You heard this story before. Don't look at him because I know he's trying to course you right now to say you heard this story. And we know you've never heard this story before, have you? Nope. Yeah, no, never. Bay, what are you up? <laughs> Captain Bailey? <laughs> yeah, so. Jay Bailey. We know he just made it up, but he wants us to believe it's real. <laughs> Can you do me a favor, please? Can you call my mother? And ask her about this story to confirm <laughs> that we did sail the Witch of Endor down. <laughs> I, I can't even talk about this right now because I feel like I'm lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> Stop telling me I'm lying. His mom's going to be like, oh, that was just when we took one of those uh, swan boats out on Lake Eola in Orlando. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. When I confirm this story, when Rachel confirms the story, I want each of you, you have to say... You're a fucking pussy eater. Right? <laughs> Nate, you have to say you like to juggle Brandon's dick cocks. <laughs> and Brandon, you have to say the only thing that really makes me happy is a fucking Nintendo on my ace anus hole. Okay? That's what you all have to say. Well, you can't really prove this because you've been telling us for 15 years your mom's a liar, so I'm not going to believe anything she says. <laughs> well, it's different now. <laughs> Can you okay. please call now we can believe her. Just call her. She's not answering her text. So if you could call her. So all these years that Nikki was talking about being on a boat, being in the Navy, you know, running through submarines no, or whatever, wonder. not one mention of this story. There's no need to mention this. If I, they've I, ever sailed on the Enzor Windsor. Endor. Endor. <laughs> She'll remember the story. Just, just say, can you please confirm the story of sailing down to Florida from Maryland. No, I don't. I don't want to put it on the air. <laughs> Wasting time. Good podcast time here right Good now. We could be doing something time. different. Good morning. How are you? Well, I would go with the train um, just because I feel like I could go to more places quicker because uh, the boat, you can only go to basically what's over on the coast wherever you're at. So I think I would go train. And actually, how big is the boat? Uh, it's a good-sized boat. It's a... You can go to international waters. Okay, because if it was like one of those cruises that sails around the world for like 10 months and you go to all the every continent, I'd probably do that if it was big. But if it's just like a little normal boat, then probably not. I want to do train. that. I want to do that Alaskan cruise. Yeah. All right, hold on. Go, come here. Is that, am I right? Can you confirm? We do confirm. Thank you. 
boat left from Carroll's Creek Marina. Yep. No, 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 no. Okay. So it's it's been confirmed. All right. I, I don't want to know. Okay. It's been confirmed. <laughs> Ask her about the storm too. Did it say was was there was there a hurricane and we got off the boat? Right, exactly. We got off the boat when the hurricane. She said you weren't on the boat during the That's storm. That's what I said. We but got you off said you were in the storm bracing for shock. Sto- the storm started when we were on the boat and we got off the boat in South, I believe it was South Carolina. On their way into Marathon. Oh, Marathon. North Carolina hurricanes are pretty bad. <laughs> well, so was down in, we were already down in Florida. No, the, the, yeah, I mean, there's hurricanes on the East Coast. You said the hurricane Atlanta. happened in South Carolina. I thought we were in South Carolina when it happened. Okay. Anyway, uh, um, you eat what? No, because you're not telling the truth. You don't even remember the story, and your mom's a liar. You're right. And he's talking about he was in it, bracing for shock. She said they was off the boat before the storm hit. This story's it's got too many holes in it. (laughs) I was in a boat. It's not that hard to fathom that I was on a boat. We had two. Thank you. We had two boats. Okay, thank you. We had two boats growing up. We had a speedboat. We had a sailboat, the Witch of Endor, and then the other boat had no name. It was a, it was brown with a yellow pinstripe. My brother ran it into the ground. Grew up on boats. The sailboat was the big thing. We'd go out almost every weekend, especially during the nice months, and go sailing. And because my first stepfather, that was his thing. He was a sailboat guy, and uh, he said, "There's no so all no other boat's a real boat unless it's a sailboat." That's what he'd always say. Oh, okay. And so it was the Witch of Endor, we went out and we'd sail. And then we were moving to Florida. Got to get the boat down there. So he's like, we're going to drive, you know, sail the boat down there. Like, cool. So we're out there. And I remember being out like you couldn't see anything around you. I see these huge sea nettles, these jellyfish. I mean, they were gigantic. Uh, and they were scary because i never seen anything like that before. You know, you see the dolphins and all this kind of stuff. And then the storm came in. I don't know why that's so hard to believe. Why is that so hard to fathom? Because, you've because never we've heard told every story. story you've told a hundred times, and you've never even mentioned you have been on a boat in Florida. <laughs> but there, but there's been there's been there's stories that I have not told yet. I'm saving them for the for what <laughs> for when we hit episode two hundred. <laughs> I'm saving them for the next radio show. I saved the mom bit for the podcast. You know, just to gain subscribers. Look, everything nice. is pre-planned and predetermined. I'm a time traveler. Oh, my God. I'm a TikTok time traveler. Everything is predetermined. I was like, I'm going to wait till episode 119 to share the boat story. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to pick my spot. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, uh, let me remind you that uh, Matt Wright, the crocodile wrangler from the Netflix show that we interviewed in October, uh, and f- for some reason, uh, well, I know what the reason is now, but for some reason, uh, the, like the little snaps, the little videos, the minute videos that we put out there, it's got like over 20,000 views on it. Um, not on the, U- I don't think it's on the YouTube one, but on Facebook it does. I'm like, why is there so many people watching this? Why are so many? So one of the questions that I asked them, and this was pre- really preliminary, preliminary to what is happening now was this helicopter crash in which his buddy died and there were some questions on how uh what he did after the crash because he survived like with the body and this and this and that he talks about that pretty detail you know detailed uh, description of what happened in this conversation 
So now he's like been arrested and released because of this. So it's like it's turned it's blown up into this big legal issue for him. And he talked about it before all this stuff happened with us. So that was a good question to ask, I guess. And, you know, I'm sorry he's got to go through all this stuff because I don't think he's like a hardened criminal or anything. But it's it's great for us because all these people from Australia are sharing the post. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so it's, it's pretty cool. But anyway, I'm saying that I posted the full-length interview. So the full-length interview of Matt Wright is now uh, on our YouTube channel. You know, we don't normally put the full-length interviews up there, but I put the full-length interview up there. Ooh, so our wanna... YouTube's got to be jumping. Yeah, so hopefully it will be. Uh, PodcastTheBS.com, that is our website. Please become a premium 2 percenter if you have not yet. Give the gift of awesomeness. That would be say, hey, look, I want to sign you up for the BS. Uh, and you're giving that person $4.99, and you're the best person in the world because we have thousands and thousands of hours of awesome content, good content, uh, always available for you. And it's just going to get better as we go into 2023. Also on the website, all of our social channels, please like, share, and subscribe our stuff, uh, our merch store, and uh, also up there, the top three playlists. So if you're doing some road tripping uh, over the holidays and you need a, a good playlist and you want something easy, quick, and fast, you know, uh, we do the, that, that episode, the top three, and we always have goofy topics, you know. So you can just pick a topic and listen to some random music Right there on your phone. All right, Nate, you got anything before we get out? Fucker and her whore pussy, loser. Used them all. Wow, nicely done. Brandon. <laughs> uh, just a friendly reminder, wrap your balls and buy plan Bs. Oh, I like that. And Nikki D. <laughs> Nikki D is STD free. Oh, look at that, and it rhymes. Uh, look, have yourself a great, safe rest of your day. Appreciate, as always, the support. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.